Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. In the shitty city of Wilmington, we keep it rocking. So come on, shake, shake it for me, Kelly. Yeah. Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Easy E is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with us. DJ Yella is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A. The Wizard is down with us. JJ Fag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Poo Boy is down with us. Toddy B and Spade, they're down with us My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us I like to mention, so pay attention to where I'm from Compton, but the tapes are from the rodeum My name is Dre, listen while I play And by the way, I'm also down with NWA Yo, Steve at the rodeum is down with us Slangin' funky tapes, it is a must We're number one Welcome back, everybody, to Rodian Radio, episode 58. We're almost at 60, so hang on tight. Uh, for those that were asking about the CDs, I have three bundles left, three for 30. So if you want them, documentary.com, uh, go get them. First three, first come, first serve. We'll have another batch of all of them eventually in about two weeks, along with the documentary as well but speaking about the documentary you can go to documentary.com and you can live stream it or should i say stream it for unlimited streaming for uh, uh as a matter of fact we have a code a promo code trmd you can get 20 percent off and viewing it um no one has ever complained about the documentary some people said it's too it's too short it was three hours but not one negative comment has anyone ever said that's why i recommend it other than that the Chicano Rap docu mix, uh, Documentary, I get those two mixed up. GoFundMe page, we're almost at 6,000. Today is two weeks that we started the page, so I'm encouraging everyone to um, participate if you want If you want to. Uh, we're hoping to meet this $15,000 budget so that we can get uh, going and get started on this docu mix, on documentary. Those that have donated 50 and up, um, please respond to the email that you've gotten so that we can email you the incentives that we said we were gonna do because we cannot place the incentives on the actual GoFundMe page. So other than that, there was one more thing, Johnny. Subscribe. subscribe. You'll see on the screen right now how to subscribe. A lot of people, especially on Facebook, hit me up and say, how do I subscribe to your page? Well, just go to subscribe, press it, there's no button. After you hit subscribe, you hit the little bell and you'll get notified when we upload future content or when we go live. So, but uh, we'll give you more information on that during the breaks. But without further ado, please allow me to introduce one of my special guests today, OG Magoo. What up, man? How's Thank you, man. Tony? Thanks for having it's, me, brother. Yes, well, you know what? It's a pleasure to have you. I know we talked a while back and uh, we're finally here. Yeah, finally, man. Thanks yeah. for having me, like I said. Yeah, you know, um, I wanted to ask you, because yesterday they announced on TV, what were your thoughts? They said that they were going to extend the lockdown for another three months. <laughs> that, man, I'm all for it. But, man, it's it's holding back. A lot of businesses are going to be shutting down. You know, we're going to go into yeah. a bad stage pretty soon. Yeah, we're going to get into a bad stage of, you know, if we don't open up soon, you know. But right. I'm running with it, you know, because I do have a family. You know, I'm trying to keep everybody safe. I'm running with that. But, you know, mm -hmm. I think that, um, yeah, it, it's 
we're heading for a little something, man, a surprise that we don't, you know, open up soon, definitely. Yeah. Now, you know, it's funny because I usually tell all my guests, the only thing that I miss is the gym because that's like my therapy. I right. love going to the gym. Right. You know, I love the cardio, the weightlifting, the, the sauna, all that stuff. But uh, they closed it. I don't know if they're going to be reopening it. So I've been doing everything at the park lately. But uh, other than that, I know it's Wednesday, but how was the weekend? Weekend was beautiful, man. Um, it was Mother Day weekend at the same time. It was my birthday. So, you know, it's always a beautiful thing to, you know, live another year, you know, be blessed with that. Uh, but yeah, I had a good weekend, man. I was uh, went a cruise out to uh, the cemetery to visit family uh -huh. and um, hung out and barbecued at the pad with the family as well. Just us four, you know. Okay, okay. Me, my wife, and my two kids. Uh, um, what's one thing that you cannot do or you cannot watch that you miss since this whole pandemic thing jumped off or watch yes or or um or to do for an example right i like sports right you know uh, uh is there a specific sport or that you watch the most whether it be basketball football baseball or whatnot well, i've been out of the box with the sports but of course i do miss you know you know basketball and baseball you know mm -hmm. i'm a los angeles fan you know i root for my city you know yeah. that that's what i'm rooting for all the time you know so so you got a football team I don't have a football team, man, but I'm, I'm with Los Angeles for sure. I'm a Los Angeles fan all the way. So we're with the Rams. I'm with the Rams. Shit. All right. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's how I'm going to roll. That'll work. That'll work. Now, um, I want to do something a little bit different. Right. Uh, I kind of want to open up just the floor and allow you to speak. And for people that are tuned in who may not know right. exactly who you are, maybe you could share a little bit about yourself. And then from there, if I hear something, uh, I'll ask you and then we'll elaborate from there. So. Okay. Well, I'm a Los Angeles native, born and raised here in Los Angeles, California. Um, I don't want to give my age out. But I'm still <laughs> young, but let's say I've been here most all my life. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm an artist, LA, you know, big, I guess you want to say a known airbrush artist in Los Angeles. You know, I started uh -huh. off, you know, with my graffiti and tagging and, you know, just let off to different things. I picked up a tool and started, you know, putting in money with it you know what i'm saying that i picked up that airbrush and okay you know, that's what you know i opened my eyes to like the the whole scene of the airbrush i was doing you know sp sports banners for teams and soccer teams and t-shirts at the swamp meet and i opened my eyes to money and almost like crack money to me you yeah. know what i mean so right. well, what I high school did you attend out here now like um i went to huntington park high school okay I went there for a while, and then I went to Fremont High School, Okay, uh, which was in South Central and Huntington Park. You know. Okay. They were two of the main ones. Any sports? Sports? I played Little League. That's probably about it, you know, in Roosevelt Park, you know, okay. South Central, Don't for probably worry. a year or so, but that's about it. I never played any sports after that. Let me ask you an interesting question. Yes, sir. I know right there by USC, there's a Natural History Museum. Do you ever go to the museum there? I've never made it there, no. I heard about it, but I'm looking forward to doing okay. that. Okay, you need so. to go, and I'm gonna tell you why. Right. I did a lot of traveling, especially in the US, and every time I landed somewhere and we had time to kill, right. I, I don't know why I'd look up a museum, so I, I'd go. And I finally realized that I would visit other places, but never really visited here. Right. You know, so now, I, I, even at my age, I take trips by myself. I have a membership to the Natural History Museum, and I love going there, man. Just go in there and just trip out and everything? You, 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 what, you'll love what's it. What's in there? Sports or what is it? No, it's uh, actually dinosaurs, oh, bears, you know, like all kinds of stuff. Right. Uh, a lot of stuff like this uh, from so Peru to Mayan, everything. Nice. And uh, um, that actually uh, helped me venture out and reading other things, you know, because it's educational. Right. But they have the science center there as well. 
And since we're in LA, I just figured, why not? So why not? Everyone else comes over here probably to visit. You know, so might as well do it herself. Exactly, I I agree with you on that. So, about what age would you say you started uh, airbrushing or tagging? What what did you start tagging? Um, I found a, a. well, my dad still lives in the same house since I was born. So I was over there visit the other day and I seen me strike up on the porch with like a piece of chalk or maybe a crayon or something. It said 1978. So that means I was about eight years old wow. and it's still there to this day. So it said, you know, Mugu with the two O's with the eyes and, you know, I was just being creative at the time. Wow. And I was eight years old and it's just there to this day. 1978? Yes, sir. You just gave away your age, man. Well, well, you guys <laughs> want to do the math, go ahead. You know what I mean? But it's, I was born in 68. Okay. So. Yeah, but uh, that, that's good. So that's how that started tagging. Now, around, did you pursue that as far as like, let me just go hit up the fucking, you know, the the, the table on detention, or let me go hit up the bathroom. I mean, I, how did just, that evolve? At the time, in those days, we didn't have any, you know, gadgets. We didn't have anything to carry around. My tool was a marker or a chalk or a crayon, whatever I could, you know, carry in my pocket. Right. Um, that... It was like a, a bad habit, you know what I mean? I would okay. like to write on everything. I don't know, you know, just something I did. And right. it led on to a lot of different things. It led on to good things and bad things, you know what I mean? So right. so I say eight years old, nine, ten, all them years. I just, from that day on, I just always wrote on everything. It was it was just something that I liked to do. I had a passion for it. Okay. Creating letters and being creative, see what I can do. I always copy my mom's and dad's work. My dad was a calligraphy and my mom was an artist, so wow. that's what we had in the house. My mom would be drawing, you know, on the table. She'll be drawing pictures, and we'll sit around there with her and draw. And my dad always, you know, was blocking on, you know, record yeah. albums or everything. I just to look at everything, and that's all we had was a paper and pencil back then. And we were lucky we had a Sharpie or some crayons or something, yeah. you know what I mean? That's awesome to hear that yeah. about, about your mom as well, because my dad, uh, uh, he was more on the artistic side where he loved movies. He was one, I was just a kid. I, I think I posted up a picture of me when I was a baby. It was like 1968. I was one years old. Right. We were living in Compton at the time, and we came to right here, Banning Park in Wilmington. He used right. to always bring us here. Uh, why? I don't know. But he had a camcorder back then. Camcorder. And back then, you had to put it on the actual uh, film projector. Right. You know, and that's how he used to show us, us when we were once kids. And he's the one who introduced me to records, uh, you know, showed us what vinyl were when we used to play them on 78 speed. Right. You know, I remember that. Um, and he was also an artist. So a lot of my brothers, I have five brothers, four sisters. A lot of my brothers all be, were artists. Right. My mom, on the other hand, was more of a, she cut, sold dresses to sell it to swamp meat. Right. You know, so to hear that your dad and your, your mom did that. That was, was part hard. of our everyday curricular, like in the house activities, you know, draw, you know, in our free time. Uh-huh. And, and I had fun doing it. It was like, I loved, I looked forward to that all the, every time, you know, okay. me and my mom drew on the table together. I always looked forward to it. Okay. And I would collect my markers in time, pencils, pens, whatever I can, you know, just so I could get down right there with her on the table. Okay. Did, did you ever, um, uh, how would you say, were you just more of a tagger of a name or were you, did, did you actually draw? I used to draw pictures, man. I used to love drawing. My dad always had, you know, Chevys, you know, bombs and, you know, my mom, they, we were like, they were pretty heavy there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and lowrider scenes and stuff like that. So I would draw what I would see. And I used to like to draw cars. That was one of my thing. Right. And of course, writing the calligraphy with my dad. You know, I used to trip out on the old letters that they used to do back then. And I was studying them, studying them. And my dad would tell me, as long as you can write straight line, you can do everything. So I used to practice doing straight lines all the time. 
So he would tell me, draw a box. You know, I would draw a box and everything would be boxed in. So I started doing straight lines. He said, once you do all that, you'll be able to do whatever you want. You know, as learn as you start learning your straight lines. So okay. they would show me and I would practice and practice till I got it right. Every letter had to be, you know, in a square pretty much. You know what I mean? Everything would be even. So yeah, once yeah. I got that, I was, I let loose after that. I already had it down packed. So, so, so you never like went to school like to learn how to draw. I went like to that. some school later, back in the you know down in my years when I took it serious, more serious, and I seen there was money to be made. Yeah, I, I went to take some classes. Okay. For, you know. Okay. But now, now back in the days I had it in high school. Okay. Now growing up in LA, did you ever start spray canning on the walls and everything? All the time, man. Everybody that knows me knows I spray can everywhere. Spray, you know, that was part of me. That was part of the hustle. Once I picked up. A spray can that was no stopping. You, know you, what I'm you never ran into Chaka? Chaka, we knew about each other. I was, you know, doing my thing. He was doing his thing at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, you want to take me back to the 80s. In the 80s, that's when it you know, really hit. You know, the tagging, yeah. the buses, the RTDs. You know, I went as far as like making an own bus stop in front of my house. You know what I'm saying? That's really? how, how bad I was. You know, <laughs> that's how sick it was. You know, it was addicting. Yeah. So we lived on the, grew up in a corner house. And um, there was no fence there or anything. It had some hedges that were, you know, we couldn't hide in, you know what I mean? But it was a corner. Um, I went and down the street and broke off the bus sign, the RTD. I don't know, it was the 111 at the time, Florentine Homes area. Yeah. Broke it, stuck it in a in a parking sign, like stuck it and taped it. Got a spray can, painted the fucking bus, the curve yeah. red or something. So the bus would fall for it every time, dude. They would pull up the bus would pull in front of my house my parents didn't know what i was doing i was hiding in the in the bushes there and i would run out so the bus pull over and i would you know tag up the whole freaking bus and then run back and hide in the bushes they didn't know so that's how, how bad it you know chaka and you know all of them were hitting the same doing the same thing back then but yeah it was addicting it was addicting back you, then you know back then we didn't have internet so all we had was newspaper exactly. and, and and that's how i had first heard of that dude chaka right i've never seen a picture of him so i don't to this day i don't even know what that dude even looks like yeah he's around he's around he's doing okay. things right now still he's still out there that's cool yeah but, uh, um i think what made those days better at least for me is that you had if you hit something up you had to see it Okay, today you hit it up, you videotape it, you upload it, and it's viral. all over the world. Exactly, yeah, it's viral. Yeah, so. back then, yeah, a lot of guys still hit me up to this day from the eighties, and they're like, "You're, you know, you're Magoo from, you know, Alameda and Florence. You're, you're the guy that's right around there. You know what I mean?" I was like, "That's me." And we make you know connections like that on internet now. You know what I mean? I get right. inbox all the time. Or you Magoo from you know South LA? That's me, man. You know? Oh, oh. So now, growing up in LA, did you ever run into, uh, if you will? the the gang element thing that you ever get involved in that well was that ever ever really a part of your life um i, I would want to say that was a, a big part of my life you know what i mean the gang life and, and and you know dope dealing and all that you know what i'm saying yeah. that started early in my in my in my life just because it was in the in the family you know what i mean yeah. uncles father was a grandfather pachuco you know what i'm saying it, yeah. it was it was the whole you know my family was pretty and you know in the neighborhood you know known there so. okay okay well when i had gotten involved into that uh i was a nickel and dimer i was like curb serving 20s right just to buy records right you know uh, i needed to buy a mixer because i was do what DJ, you had to do yeah and i did what i had to do i mean I, i'm not proud of it but that's right much exactly what I did. but uh other than that so when at what age did would you say you discovered that the airbrush. Right? The airbrush I discovered in high school at Huntington Park High. Okay. I was uh, kicked out of um, Edison um, Middle School 
and they sent me from middle school for tagging. I got kicked out. <laughs> they sent me to high school right away. I was a ninth grader, and they had ninth grade at Huntington Park. Um, so I knew one person there that had airbrush or calligraphy. He was a good friend of my aunt's. He was a little older than me, three, maybe three years older than me, two years older than me. Mm-hmm. And he used to do these cool airbrush um, designs and my aunt would have them in her room and I would always like, you know, I was already into the art and shit, you know? So I would look at him and I'd be like, man, I, li- I like that. And he used to go visit. And so when I went to Huntington Park, he had a class there. He pulled me in that class. It was airbrushing with Mr. Nak- Nakamatsu or something like that. And um, had me an airbrush and we would do all kinds of you know, creative, you know, uh-huh. stuff with it. And that was my first time using an airbrush. So in high school, I want to say I was 16, uh-huh. maybe. And that's that's where I picked up my first airbrush. Did, did it come easy to you? Hell no, that didn't come easy to me. Okay. It's almost like driving stick. Airbrush is, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's another beast. You know, it's not like a lot of people, and I like, a lot of people walk up to me and be like, that's easy, I'm a graffiti artist. I give them the airbrush, go ahead, man. You know what I mean? Let's let's right. do your thing. Right. You know, they hold it backwards. They don't know. It's all in the trigger, distance, pressure. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's not something you just spray and write a name. You know, you got to know. You can write like a, a hair thin line and you can write like a big line. So you got to know how to, you know, run that machine. Did you ever look into how or why or who just invented the airbrush? The airbrush was invented in the 1800s. Yeah, by really? Pache. I want to say Pache was the first one in the 18, late 1800s. So it's been around since then. Okay. Yeah. And what did they use? I mean, I'm asking because I'm clueless to right. airbrushing, even though I I knew, I knew like my friend Marcus Flair one. I don't know if you know him or it's a cartoon, obviously. Right. Uh, a lot of those guys started at the Swamp Meets airbrushing shirt. Right. So. That's kind of like how I started as well. Um, what was the question again? No, as far as, uh, I, I wonder what they, why was it invented? What did they used to use it on? Man. I want to say that I didn't know. I don't know what they were using, but to create art, of course, you know, yes. and spray things, you know, little items like say the microphone, you know, they would, you know, do stuff like that, okay. little things, little small things that you can't really. Uh-huh. But it was a tool for like a craftsmanship. I want to say, okay, a part of a tool like that. And is there different types of companies that make airbrushes? Yeah, yeah. You got your, you know, you got your Hondas and you got your Mercedes in airbrush. You know what okay. I'm saying? And I use Iwata. You know, shout out to Iwata out there. Um, I use Iwata, the BCSs, they're like the top notch. Never clog up, never give me any problems. I mean, I could use them for months with no problem. Okay. You, you know, you got your Hondas or, you know, you use them, they get stuck the same day and you just give up on it. So I definitely recommend get top notch shit if you really want to pick up a tool. Iwata, I definitely recommend that tool. You know, you okay. don't have no problems. You won't you won't get mad at yourself when it's getting stuck or anything. You're just going to keep going with your airbrushing, you know what I mean? Okay. Keep going with your art. It doesn't stall you, you know, you just... Stay working. Okay. And uh, at what point did you start making money? And where was this at? Like I, you had mentioned the swamp meat. So can you fill us in a little bit? Um, the first time um, I started making money with the airbrush was when uh, I moved out of South Central. And okay. uh, that was in, I want to say, 1999. Okay. I moved out to Azusa, California. And where my wife was originally from the valley, she moved into South Central. She didn't want to put up my shit. So she left. Okay. And I, I followed her to Azusa, California. Um, which was far from South Central to me yeah. at the time, you know what I mean? So I went out there, she was pregnant with my kid, my first kid, Ricky. Um, I said, you know what, I got to change my life, went out there and I didn't have a job or anything, you know what I'm saying? I had art, I knew I had that skill and um, one of my boys ran a tattoo shop out there in Azusa and I said, man, that's the only guy I could reach out to right now. I got a kid coming, you know what I mean? I got to make some money. So yeah. I reached out to him and I was like, hey, what about a 
you give me a job in your uh, tattoo shop. He was happy to hear that I was living in the city. Right. You know what I'm saying? I said, what happened? You give me a job at your tattoo shop sweeping or something. I kind of learned, you know? Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, come come down. I'm going to show you how to use the airbrush. He knew I knew how to air, knew airbrush because we grew up in the same city. And I used to do, I want to say, uh, remember the flyers, the homemade flyers yeah. back when the parties would? I would do all the flyers in the neighborhood for the people. So they knew I had skills. I would do the, you know, the graffiti on the wall. So he knew I had a skill. You know what I'm saying? He goes, you got art skills. I'm going to show you how to use the airbrush. So he took me down to his shop. I went to the shop, showed up. He gave me an airbrush, and um, he told me this is what we're going to do. And um, we went out to the parks, Little Leagues, Soccer Leagues. We were handing out flyers to do their banners. Okay. You know, he goes, go to this park. We'll take 25, 30 flyers to this park. We'll talk to the president, put them in the team packages. It was a flyer of, you know, sports banners and helmets, airbrush and shit. But I, I didn't really know too much about it, but he did. He just told okay. me, go out there and give them some packages. Next next thing you know, they were showing up at our, our, our we had a location in Arcadia, okay. a storefront. And people were showing up, man. They were showing up for banners. They were showing up. We were having 25 teams. I mean, 25, yeah, 25 kids per team. So each kid would need like a helmet, airbrush. You know, we're selling for about 50 bucks a pop. So we had you know, all the leagues around yeah. the area coming to us. So I seen money. Okay. And I learned. I learned. Okay. I already had the passion. For spraying, which the noise, just the spray alone was driving me, you know, that's what drove me. I'd like to, you know, spray and yeah. that's what drove me. And then I have an airbrush and I could do this all day long and make money. I was all for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At that point, were you comfortable in your scale, man? Like, or did you feel like I got to get a little bit better or did you feel oh, like oh, I'm there? I wasn't there yet. No, I wasn't. I knew how to do lines and, you know, paint straight lines and stuff with the airbrush. You know, it was... My buddy was showing me all the shortcuts to do it. You know what I mean? We weren't sitting there, you know, creating all, you know, everything was uniform pretty much. You know, if it was a team, the Cubs, you know, we already had the designs ready to put on. And it, it was pretty simple stuff to me. Okay. Nothing major. You okay. know what I mean? Just all as long as you know how to operate an Airbus, it was on. Okay. Now, uh, now I'm going to ask you a question. Go ahead. Um, why not just, you know what, babe, I'm just going to go get a job. I did that. I was a crane operator for almost 15, 20 years. Really? I was a steel worker. Yeah. I worked okay. ran out supervising positions. I, I did I did everything you can imagine. Wow. And I always had the airbrush in me, though. I always had the art. And um, I, I was a supervisor at a steel company, um, Douglas Steel, rest in peace, a good man. Um, I was a supervisor there, crane operator, unloading you know big beams and everything else you know what i mean wearing steel toe boots for years you know hard hats for years um and i used to draw on the freaking <laughs> calendars every time you know on the desk i'll be drawing this you know scribbling on the calendar and he would come in and do the books like once a week he had a couple of places right and he's like oh, i always drawing on my god right. calendars he goes but he goes, you got a skill. You should really do something with this art. Because I would draw faces, you know, the calendar. Right, I would just guess. Right. He's like, you're so talented. You know what I mean? Like, you should take this to another level. So I soaked it, you know, I soaked it up from him. And, you know, I, I didn't really go full throttle with it. I still was happy being a crane right, opera. I was making right. decent money. I had my car, you know, I had my family. You know, I was making mm -hmm. decent money. And my grandfather's the one that got me into steel company. He was a steel worker. My dad was a steel worker. Okay. So it was like a family. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It was handed on to me. And I was, I was good. You know, so... I got, it was obvious that when people saw your work, they knew that there was talent there. Yeah. This just wasn't a mediocre drawing. Right. You know, right. They, they were like, sticks, and it was a Jewish guy that was telling me this. He, this is millionaire telling me this. You know what I'm saying? Like, John, you really should do something with your art. You know? Right. You should, you ever thought about going to school? He would tell me, and we were good friends. And we were, he was a really good friend right. of mine as well. Right. He uh, was the first one that told me that. Then when I really took it serious, it was another another man that told me that as well. He, he ordered his first. 
he ordered some artwork for me, and I was able to make money from a guy that had money. He told me, I need, this is when Obama and the 911 thing happened. Yeah. Osama bin Laden and shit that yeah. happened. He had me do some stupid Osama shirts or whatever, and bin Laden shirts or whatever, and he paid me for them. And he okay. paid me top dollar, and I was like, "Wow, you know, I can make money off of this." And that's when I opened my eyes as well. To you know, I can make money off of doing T-shirts. I can make money off of doing banners. I can make money off of doing murals. Like everything, I was making money off everything. Right. So, not top dollars, but I was still making enough money, more money than what I was started to make at, at my steel company. Right, right. You know well, I encourage people to look into you. I know your Instagram's been popping up, so that they can see your artwork and they can see your talent, you know, right. your, your gift. Because there's been two people, at least so far in my life, that I've seen their art and I was just like in like in awe. Right. Uh, one of the first times, I mean, I got to meet Cartoon first when we were in our, um, he used to sell it at the Rodin Swami, so right. when I would go, he would go buy my mixtapes and stuff. And he was just okay. maybe about 19 or 18, so, and I would see him draw sometimes with a pen. Right. And one thing about him, I, I never saw him erase, you know? And He's I was sketching, like, sketching all the way through. Yeah. And, the next person was one of my oldest brothers. He 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 could have had a future, I believe, in art, but he chose to work for Gillette uh, corporate office. Right. And uh, but he was the type of artist that he would draw, and then when he would show you, you would be like, "Wow!" It was right. that type of you know that Amazing. wow moment. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. And then you know, of course I have other friends that I see their art, and I'm like, "Eh." Yeah. You know, but from what you're talking about, obviously people saw and recognized. Right. Your skill. Yeah. So the tattoo guy from going there, you know, moving to Azusa, he brought me in. He told me, you got skills, bro. You need to put them skills to work. You know, my mom would always, you know, teachers, you know what I'm saying? The airbrush teacher. I was one of his favorite students. You know what I mean? It was nothing major, but I was still, I had the right. skill for, you know, the lines, the handwriting. Mainly my, my strength is in handwriting. Okay. You know what I mean? T people want me to do, you know. They're, if they're going to get a tattoo, hey, Mugu, can you write my name right here for me? You know, and then I'm going to get this tattoo. So a lot of people have my art tatted on them. You know, the styles. That's how, you know, I used to make my money too. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so I would do designs for them and they would get it tatted because not everyone, not every tattoo artist can draw, you know what I mean? So, okay. Or they didn't like the writing or whatever at the time. From the time that you went to that store for how long were you there before you went on my own? Yes. Um, I want to say I was there probably about a good year, maybe a good year. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy was running the tattoo shop across, it was in the parking lot, and uh, he was running his tattoo shop, and I was at the airbrush shop on the same lot. Of course, he was doing his tattoo, doing his thing, and I was there just, you know, waiting for clients to come in and all that, you know, right. and I wasn't out chasing. I wasn't really too hip on the hustle yet, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, he had a time, man, you're good enough, Mugu, you could do your thing, you know what I mean? Because... Uh, that's what I wanted to do, really. I wanted to be loose and, you know, do my own thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. I didn't want to work for no one and do it their style or do it this way, do it that way. I was more like, I want to do my style, bring my style out. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do it this color today. I don't want to, you know, let me do what I want to do. So yeah. we kind of like we're bumping a little bit, you know, heads a little bit. Right. So when he told me that, I'm like, cool, man. You think I can make it on myself? Yup. And we shut down the shop and I opened up in the swamp meet in uh, La Puente. Okay. And I was there on Sundays. Okay. At the uh, outdoor swamp meet. I forget the name of it, but it's in La Puente. And I was there on Saturdays and Sundays every morning, man. And I was, at the time, it was uh, Quebradita was hitting. So I had them Quebradita guys coming over here. And we were, I was doing airbrushing for them on everything. And I was making good money. And I just stuck with it. Okay. Like on a good day, on a good Sunday, what would be good money, would you say? 
On the Sunday? Yeah. Uh, back then in the 90s, I want to say anywhere, I don't want to exaggerate, but I say I would walk home probably with four or $500. Okay. And that's just for my art. Yeah. And that was in 90, 99. You know, I was doing t-shirts, $25 a shirt or hats, whatever the that's thing was. Yeah. And it was just quick names or whatever. And I was running right through them. People were buying them. That's you know what I'm awesome. saying? So, yeah, that was back then. So, I seen that, and I was like, okay, I go work at a steel company. You know, by the time I go home, I check back then when I was younger, you know, I had child support or whatever the heck was, you know, I was like, man, I just got to do my own thing now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I just started making my own money. Okay. Right. Now, since you worked at a tattoo shop and you saw, you saw, you know, them tattooing, making money, you over here airbrushing, most tattoo, well, most guys that I knew growing up that did airbrushing right. eventually became tattoo artists. Right. Why didn't you move into that field? I kind of went in there and they put me in the shop and um, I just didn't like it, bro, honestly. I okay. didn't like it because of the whole gloves, rubber bands, blood, you know, people coming in. It was pretty much, I just like spray painting, man. I was a, a graffiti artist. You know, I could have took it that level, but I I think I found more in love with the airbrush because of the spraying, the colors and everything else. And that's where my passion was. That was my cup of tea. The tattooing, you know, I couldn't really, I, it wasn't for me. I did it for a while, okay. but it wasn't for me. It was too much for me, I think. I just wanted to get in, wash my hands and get out pretty much. You know what I mean? Quick, I was into quick money, I want to say. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's okay. what it was. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and press pause right there. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what happens after the Swami. What did you end up doing with your work? Okay. Where are you at now? Where can people reach you? What can people expect from you? Sounds good. So Let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a 10-minute break. So once again, uh, everybody, go ahead and go get a, a beer, okay? Uh, some popcorn. Uh, we got more of OG Magoo. We got another interview coming up soon. So make sure you call somebody, text somebody, slap shit out somebody, let them know that OG Magoo is in the motherfucking building and we'll be back. That's and right. uh Night out, didn't forget about you. Hang on, brother. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodeo Radio, episode 58, I believe. And I haven't started drinking yet. So, hey, listen, uh, let me go ahead and give a shout out to my boy Daniel DG Media Clips. His birthday was Monday, and I didn't announce it on Sunday. But happy birthday to Daniel DG Media Clips and also my boy Night Out from San Diego. Uh, much love, much respect to him. Happy birthday to him. So everybody in the comments, drop a thousand owls for his birthday. Just ow, 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 ow. Okay. Drop them. And, uh, you know whose birthday also it is? I found out it was Stevie Wonders, uh, Mary Wells. Nice. And, uh, somebody else. It's one, Richie Valens. Richie Valens. Much love, much respect, rest in peace, everybody. So happy birthday. Enjoy your guys' days. I'll drink a little bit later on and uh, honoring you guys' birthday. But we're back with OG Magoo. What up, what up? So now, what inspired the name Magoo? Um, that name was given to me by my grandfather who really raised me. My parents had me when they were 15, 16. So my grandfather, he, he gave me that name and it stuck with me. You know, my grandfather called me that name. My mom calls me that name up to this day, so everyone knows me by Magoo. You know, my real name, I hardly hear it, you know, okay. unless it's a client or something like now, that. Now, Magoo, did you ever ask him, you know, Abuelito? Why? <laughs> you know what? I never did ask him why I didn't have the chance. You know, I just ran with it. Everyone knew me by it. It was just my name around the house, around the neighborhood, or in school. You know what I mean? Right. So that's what that's what the name, but I figured he said, I found out later down the line that, you know, my mom told me that, um, 
you know, when I was a kid, I was pelon, I was fucking, you know, just stumbling across everything, falling, you know what I'm saying? So they, they named me after Mr. Magoo, the cartoon character. Okay. Yeah. Because, okay. you know, I don't know if you know Mr. Magoo, he's always, you know. Yes. Getting himself into stuff, so that's how it stuck with me. And then the OG, you just threw it on there? OG is original, you know what I mean? So I'm the original, you know, there's another one out there, there's another Magoo out there, you know what I'm saying? Two, you know what I'm saying? I'm the original one, so okay. I stuck with that. You never hit him up like, what's up, fool? No, actually, he's a relative, man. I, I don't need to fit him out there like that, but yeah, you know. It's, it's That'll work. That'll work. You know how dudes like, this Chivo from this neighborhood, is Chivo from nah. the you know. Yeah, no, nah, it, it ain't like that, you know what I'm saying? It okay. was it was more like honored to someone, you know, carry my name too as well. You dope, know what I'm saying? dope. So now, you're at the Swamp Meet. How long were you there? Um, um, were you there for total? I was there maybe for about a year or two, and then... Um, I went back into the workforce after that, you know what I'm saying? Okay. I wasn't sure what I was going to do with my life at the time. You know what I mean? I know I had a skill, which was a crane operator, which made decent amount of money. I wanted to always, you know, stick to the skills and I stick stick to the crane, you know, and it was decent money. So I went back into that and I got supervisor positions and stuff. So I was just being comfortable, you know, working, having a job and going, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I was, and then when I took it serious was when, I got a taste of, uh, you know, got a taste of the money with the art. You know what I mean? I seen I was making, you know, $500 a day. You know what I'm saying? No one really could tell me. I know I had the attitude where no one else could tell me nothing because I'm here at this job and I could go out there and make more money just painting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't need to put up with no one's shit. So that was part of my my problem when I was younger. You know what I mean? No other supervisor was going to tell me what to do. So I always would bump heads with people, you know, at the job site. So one day... Um, they fired me, man, in 19, I want to say 90, I don't know, 98, whatever, and that's when I just... Like, you said I bumped heads. Like, they this, fired you know? me, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, fired, I got fired for some dumb shit, even me and the supervisor real close, you know what I mean? Right. I still was, you know, that day he wasn't having a good day, and I know why. I'm not going to talk about it, but, you know, it was it was over some dumb shit, and then he was like, you're fired, and I'm like, I'm fired good. Well, you know, we just went at it. And I walked away, and I go, you know what? I don't need to be doing this shit, you know what I'm saying? I, I could go do my art. Why don't I just right. do my art? And... And that's it. I never went back to the workforce again. I, I lie. I went back to work in another steel company in La Mirada, and they got fired from there as well. I was getting rid of for stupid shit. You know, yeah. and stupid. Everything was just politics there. Right. You know, I went in there, new guy. I had this. You know, I went into another job with the skills, but no one there really liked me. You know what I mean? Because I went in there in a high position, right. so everyone there was like, "When the fuck this guy come in?" Yeah, he didn't pay no dues here. Yeah. So hey, like, do this, do that. You mean all the dirty work? I didn't like that shit. I already knew what I went in there with. So, anyways, I left that job and then I just. Went to the airbrushing. Yeah, you know, I moved out funny. to Norco. I moved out to Inland Empire. Okay, I moved out to Inland Empire, and that's when I opened a shop in the Swami over there, and that's when I blew, you know, blew up. Really, Inland Empire. Yeah, you know, I, I think people that have like skill, they have talent, and they're just gifted like that. Right. I think it's very hard for us to take orders. You know, I'll give an example. Like what you said in the workplace, your supervisor, you guys are bumping heads. And then sometimes in the back of your head, you're thinking, you know what? I could just go do that. I don't have to be here. Right. And I believe me, I tried working before. Right. And I always thought, fuck, I can always go produce. I could be teaching every fucking week. Right. this motherfucker. We already knew people. You right. know what I'm saying? I knew some people already. I didn't need to really, you know, yeah. I already knew how to make my money. I was hustling the streets from a kid. You know, I knew how to make my own money. Right. Right. So, so now you go to a different swamp meet now. And, I'm an empire. Yes. Yeah. And uh, tell us the story there. What happened there? That time I moved out there, um, I got in a little bit of trouble. You know what I mean? So I had to move away. 
uh, moved out to the Empire to hide out for a little while. You can say, okay, I'm good now though. Um, but I still, I still needed to make some type of money. You know what I mean? So I found out, okay, well, I used to airbrush in La Puente out there. So I mean, let's find out swamp meet out here. You know, let me do what I gotta do. Yeah. And I found a swamp meet out there, which was a night swamp meet. Fridays and Saturdays, it was like five thousand people a night visiting. You know wow. what I mean? So I said, all right, well, at least if I get a little percentage of them people, I'm still good. So I started doing the same thing, airbrushing t-shirts or whatever. And it was going good, real good. And there was another, but I always wanted to have my own shop in the indoor. You know what I mean? Right. So there was a guy, I was just doing that every Tuesday, maybe Saturday night. I was making good money. You know, I was living comfortably. I didn't have no problem um, paying rent. And, you know what I mean? So I heard a guy in the indoor swami was moving out and he was established there for a good maybe 10 years, 15 years. He was airbrushing it for 10, 15 years. And someone, I got wind like, hey, the guy's moving out of the indoor at the Waterman Swami. Shout out to my San Bernardino people out there. Um, but I moved right into, as soon as he moved out, the same next day I moved in and took over the business he had established for 10, 15 years. At, at an indoor. At an indoor swami, right in the entrance. As soon as you walk in, right by the nail shop, right by the fucking barber shop. So there was the traffic all day. Awesome. And we, and we had the skills, you know, we had the music going in our, you know, to this day, people tell me the swami ain't the same without you there, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's quiet. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. So I moved in there and started, you know, making revenue there. And, um, it jumped into events. I started doing events. That's where, you know, that's where I'm at now. Okay. Special give, events. Give us a, an example of, of the type of events you were doing. Um, I was, I started off when MySpace came out. Okay. Right. Um, I thought I was the only airbrush artist in the art in, in the world. You know what I mean? Like, damn, you know, can you, people tell me you ain't going to make a living off of this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? So when MySpace came out, I don't know if you remember, you were able to punch in like airbrush artists. And so I punched an airbrush artist and I seen a shitload of airbrush artists like pop up, you know, and I started going through everyone, see who's doing, what are they doing? And I seen the guy that was there airbrushing on a yacht and he was from out here in California. Wow. And I was like, fuck, I want to be doing that, airbrushing on a yacht. Yeah. So I just hit him up. I already had the skills. I already had the swami. I was doing t-shirts. This was a Jewish dude out in somewhere out in the San Fernando Valley area. Awesome. So I kind of like, you know, reached out to him like, hey, you know, if you ever need any backup, Here's some, you know, pictures of my work, some t-shirts I'd done. And, um, yeah, he got back to me. He's like, you know what? I'd like to take you with me to do an event. And he took the first one he took me to on the yacht out in Marina Del Rey. We were on the yacht airbrushing for a bar mitzvah. And that's oh. where, you know, he was paying me good money, way money. You know, it was like 75, you know, 100 bucks an hour at the time, you know, working with him. So I thought that was good money. Yeah. And then um, we started doing a... Uh, T-shirts for bar mitzvahs, a lot of bar mitzvahs, you know, and that's where type of events I was doing. Okay. Now, did you ever have to write the Hebrew? Uh, I I kind of now you got different types of Jewish people. Okay. You know, you got your Persians, you know, you got the Orthodox Jewish right. people, you got your American Jews. You know what I mean? Right. So a lot of people I was working with were Persian Jews in Beverly Hills area. You know, they're just party animals. You know, and good good people, but they when they throw a party, they throw a freaking party. party. And everything that they have in their in their bar mitzvahs is they'll have the new Drake before Drake's even out on the in the radio. So they had hip hop going. You know what I mean? Hip hop's going. I'm in there, you know, doing my art to the music, and people just were like, just blown away by it. Awesome. I had this little hustle in that game when I would 
airbrush t-shirts and then i had a kind of glitter at the end kind of like a magician you know what i mean i do my thing to the artwork you know artwork to the music hip-hop you know everyone's watching and i would have a kind of glitter and i would finish the thing off with glitter and then you know hand it to the people they were just blown away i would do the artwork spray the glitter it was just crazy that's awesome so that's how it took off and then next thing you know people are like hey can i get your number can i get your card and just let off one thing led to another yeah and next thing you know i'm working with you know up in top of the hill in beverly hills you know painting for millionaires up there you know what i mean and it's all this came through this guy it came through him and then it led to me because okay. of my whole hustle with the mat, mat with the you know the glitter and everything you know people love my sister they wanted my number i wasn't giving my number out at the time but then that's another story you know what i mean that people started reaching out to me finding me on you know and then reaching out to me and then i just started building my own business right. which is active airbrush one thing that I can admire about whoever this person was that, right. put, that you said he was from the San Fernando Valley is that when he saw your work, he didn't think, oh, fuck this guy. And let me tell you something, because I've known a lot of people right. in the music industry that they'll get a good demo. And instead of saying, man, I can help this dude, this shit is good. Right. They're like, nah, fuck that lame. Right. And uh, like we were talking earlier, uh, there's a lot of hate in this business you know whether it's airbrushing or whether it's music but i'm referring to the music side of it so i'm thankful that there were people out there that saw your work and said yeah come on down man i like that attitude man i i, I like the attitude but then it always end up there's a there's, there's a twist to everything you know what i mean so i end up falling out with a couple of them type of people just for the simple fact that they were pretty much controlling me and everything that i did you know what right. i mean what i can do where i can go who where i could post something you know they were controlling how i was trying to promote my artwork that's a different story now yeah right so then it's just you know just ended up like that and on bad terms like you can't do this why are you doing this why you know what I'm saying? so i just that's when i figured out my own i gotta do this myself yes absolutely and then i built my own team i have you know eight artists now i have a staff of like 16 employees you know what i'm saying so when we were doing our events right now because the coronavirus screwed everything up all the events are canceled or either postponed into august now but yeah we wow. have some big events coming i mean we work with nike i work with puma you know um a-listers you know you can say from travis scott i done stuff for travis scott um i done stuff for man uh chris drop martin names, chris martin i could drop names you know i could Please go all do. day long man um some of the big people I did, you know, I worked with the Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers, twice in a row. I did their own family parties, you know what I mean? Um, I worked with, uh, man, so many people, man. I, I take wish take I your time. See, and the reason why I want you good to questions, do this, though, but the reason why I want you to do that is because uh, I don't like when people say, who is that? Right. You know, and they don't really even know on how gifted and how talented and how blessed you are. Right. If you would just tune in and listen, then they would understand who you really are. Right. So, so take your time, man, and, and share with us. Right. Um, anywhere from like um, Chris Martin, Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, I work side by side with Mr. Cartoon. That's that's the homie right there. You know what I mean? We we we're on good we're on good terms. He's a real okay. big artist. You know what I'm now share with us how you were share with me during the break. How you met Mr. Cartoon? Um, I met Mr. Cartoon. Um, through uh, I guess the team, his team reached out to me. Um, he was doing a ven uh, collab with um, I want to say Casadores at the time. Okay. And the venue um, was uh, the theme was don't forget where you come from. Okay. So when you walk into this venue, it was like the, pretty much the barrio neighborhood inside. Okay. And you, have, you know, Mr. Carter started off with the airbrushing shirts at yeah. the swap meet. So pretty much I was pretty much mimicking what he what he did because I was 
the venue was part like the barrio. It had yeah. the paleta, man. It had the taco person there. You know, it had the liquor stores. You know, it was just so I was in the corner, like in the swap meet, pretty much airbrushing like what he did, where he started. So that's how we met. And we'd end up doing from Casa, from Los Angeles to New York, you know, me and him. But he's a good, he's a good guy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He always supported me and up to this day, nothing but respect for him. You know awesome. So you went from the yachts to Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills, man, Palisades, Malibu, you name it, all that ground I cover anywhere, you know, from San, Santa Barbara all the way to San Diego. You know what I'm saying? We were covering a lot of bar mitzvahs. I'm wow. saying a lot of corporate events. I mean, I worked with Google, um, big events, uh, Mont Blanc. You know, I go every year and paint for them in San Diego. Um, guest jeans. I launched uh, 15 stores in, in, in across the states. Uh, they had reached out to me. They go, we're having our some, we're launching our some, our was it spring, spring uh, clothing line. We need to, we need an airbrush artist in every state at the mall from a certain amount of time to this amount of time. Can you do that for us? Wow. I locked in 15 states. Wow. Yeah, I locked in 15 states for guest jeans just because I was known in the airbrush industry already. By then, I was already known. You know, I was pumping out. We were going to these, um, what do you call them? Chat, chat. Before it was Facebook, it was, uh, what do you want to call it? Like, where you, you blog, I don't want to say blog, but where all the artists talk. Right. right what, okay. what, what do you call it? Like a chat room kind of thing? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I always had good rapport. People, you know, so I, I lined up every state all the way from like Miami, New York, um, you name it, it was from Texas. It, it was all over, man. And wow. I had them going, and, and it was successful. Everyone showed up. We did our two hours. Guest Jeans was really happy about it. I mean, that was a big one for me. That was my first big one I locked in for Guest Jeans. Okay. I worked with Warner Brothers. I worked with Sony. I worked with Paramount Pictures, you know. All airbrushing. Airbrushing. My and my team out there painting for, um, you know, the guests. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. Whatever theme they wanted, we were doing t-shirts for them. Do and it would take a minute to two minutes per shirt. Okay. USC was another one of my accounts. I airbrushed for USC for so long, man. Uh, really? Years after years. Yeah, we would, for the fan fest, we would go in there and airbrush um, everything for them. T-shirts, hats, whatever they wanted at the time. So I had USC locked in for a long time. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I love to hear. You know what? One thing about me, man, is that I love to hear people win. You know, right? Of course, yeah. And that's what I'm here, man. You know, uh, not just to to motivate and inspire, but I want to set an example for you know artists out there. Not just artists from from the videos, but any artist, any kid, you know, out there, you know, yeah. in the suburbs or either in the ghetto, you know what I mean? If you have a passion for it, definitely I would recommend to pick up an airbrush. It's been really good to me and successful. You know, it's got my, you know, my family, you know, living comfortably. My son's, you know, on his second year in college now. He's getting my son through college. You know, he even picked up airbrush and works with me when he wants to. You know, I tr my son grew up around it, so he's, you know, so it, it's been good to me, man. I, I'm happy where i'm at in my life you know That's what i mean awesome, with it? i can't say anything i get excited bro right man i get excited and, and now able to do what i want to do you know travel the world you know i've been around you know all over with my airbrushes say from miami to freaking new york you know what I'm saying san francisco um utah you name it man i've been around all of the <laughs> u.s you know, a lot of u.s hawaii you know i've been all over airbrushing. you know it's funny because uh for an example you take your airbrush and you give it to somebody that doesn't know how to use it, he'll probably look at it, think it's a weapon. But you put it in your hands. You're gifted. You're the Mexican it's Picasso. It's like homie. painting money, bro. That's how it is. Yeah, it's like painting. Every time I'm spraying, it's money, bro. You That's awesome. Now, uh, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Uh, was there ever that one call or that one meeting that you had that 
after you hung up or after you left, you said, yes, this is it. Do you, uh, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. Right. And maybe you can uh, uh, think of one. I remember when Disney went looking for us at the swamp meet, uh, they wanted to know who made this mixtape. Right. You know, and I was afraid to say, because we were selling bootlegs. I thought that was FBI. And I thought uh, that, everything. you know, yeah. that guy's like, well, who, who made this one, right? Who made yeah. this mixtape? And then I said, um, I don't know. And then Steve goes, well, he did. And then I go, yeah, but he sells them. Right. You yeah, know, so we kind of we kind of did a Takashi 6 9 on each other. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I hear you, man. But w w what happened was the guy who said, I'm from Disney. We just opened up a new record label called Hollywood Records. Right. And we want to sign you guys. Nice. You know, we want to have a meeting or whatnot. Beautiful. So that was the first time that I thought to myself, wow, this is big time. You know, Disney. The first time I got, what I thought to myself was when I was... Uh, I want to say in downtown Los Angeles, I was doing some shopping, picking up items, whatever, and I get a call, right? I had a speaker in the car. It was Jennifer Garner, personally, from her. Wow. And I didn't know, I'm not too familiar with, you know, all these names. I know who people are, movie stars, but I'm not a good guy to remember names. Right. And it was her. And um, she's like, hey, John, I was referred to you, you know, by, you remember, um, What's her name? Uh, Punky Brewster? Yeah. I work with Punky Brewster. So she referred her to me or something. They seen me at a party or something. And she uh, she called me and said she wanted me to go to her party. And how much did it do? We talked. I had our speaker. I said, let me get back to you. Okay, so this is Jennifer Garner. I didn't pay no attention to it. So when I hung up, my wife was sitting shotgun, of course. And she's like, was that Jennifer Garner? Like, real Jennifer Garner? And I'm like, who's Jennifer Garner? You know what I mean? I kind of knew it. And she's like, hold up. She gave us our address where to show up and everything. So, you know, we kind of looked it up. And, yeah, it was a freaking mansion up in freaking up in Palisade somewhere. And, uh, wow. yeah, with Jennifer Garner, man. And that's when I said, you know what? I have A-listers calling me, man. Let's do this. Mayweather's uh, birthday party. I was there painting for his 90s theme. You know what I mean? Mayweather's one of another guy that I did. I worked with. Uh, uh, it's just a bunch of people, man. Just, awesome. I, just, I want you to keep going, bro. I mean, I like hearing you. Uh, what's the other so, girl from uh, Roseanne? That was another crazy one. The, the, the uh, Gilbert, what's her name? Uh, Roseanne's daughter. I, I never uh, watched that she, show, but I think. Well, anyways, the daughter. I was another one. I did something for her. I mean, I have, you got Beyonce. One of her videos. Some of my stuff's in there. Really? Um. Yeah. I forget the name of the video, but they have my airbrushing under freaking under shorts and shit you know what i'm saying everybody so, with that um i want to say uh young thug i did his um album uh release party recently in chinatown okay um oh man uh you got miss uh miss america uh one of her that did some stuff for her too or miss usa miss america one of them um katie lowe's from the sopranos you know i did something with her for her for her, uh, she had this, uh, she was pregnant at the time, so I guess you would do them, so, what is it, a baby shower kind of thing? Okay. So I worked with her, and uh, I met Machete. Okay. With them, a couple guys, you know, just, they, they could go on and on, man. I just, okay. I could go on and on. I wish I, I have a list of stuff I could look up, but that's some of the people. Okay. You know, uh, now, what, what can people, oh, you know what, what cause you mentioned you gathered a team. When did you knew? When did you know that you had to form a team to be able to do what you're doing? When I was getting um, events booked on the weekends where I couldn't be everywhere at one time, 
You know what I mean? I was getting booked five to ten events a night on Saturday. Our oh, mitzvahs. Wow. Our mitzvahs in Those general. Those are huge, huh? Heck yeah. Um, Those are like our versions of quinceaneras. They're our version of quinceaneras that we're like in Beverly Hills Hotel or we're somewhere on a house in the hills up in, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah they spend a lot of money on those things. So that's, um, I started getting calls on those and, and, and I couldn't book myself, but I knew a couple artists. Okay. Artists need to be motivated and people were reaching out to me because they seen me at these places and they're like, damn, like they would give me props. So I wouldn't know. I would look at their profile and see what they're doing. You know what I mean? So. Pretty much everyone, did, every Airbus artist that you, you 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 probably know, there's not a lot of us. There's probably about 10 of us here. That right. I can, yeah, a handful of us in, in California, on this side, on the south, Southern California. Okay. Um, they all work with me. A majority of them work with me. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and do you have a, I'm asking because on this question, I don't know. Do you have a building and everything? Or, or, or what do you work out of? Oh, we don't need a building to work out of. Um, I had a location in downtown Los Angeles just to store stuff. Okay. But we don't have a storefront where we hang out every day and wait for someone to come. We just book them. I have a coordinators that are family or close friends that they coordinate every event for me. So, you know, my, it has to be a real close friend. So they deal strictly with my, my clients, the artists, all they're doing is showing up. And they have to either be able to do what I do or even better. You know, and the majority of my artists are you're badass you know what i'm saying so yeah so they show up but my coordinators are the ones collecting and dealing with the clients and they come back to me and they report to me artists they're all in, they're all good you know i've been through my artists i've been you know awesome man. yeah you know what uh you had brought me a gift not only did you yes, bring me sir. a gift but you blessed me with a shirt oh so, yeah so thank that you. shirt's dropping to it dropped today i just dropped that shirt right there and that's that's a you know the city where i grew up in okay um metro link you know what i'm saying it's a, a drawing that i put on a shirt that everybody liked so so I thought I put it on a shirt because I got so many compliments. Then you brought that. me a, a gift. I brought you a gift, man. Uh, I'll let you careful. open it before I say anything. Okay. But I thought about you, and uh, you know what I'm saying. I wanted to hook you up with something. So, so you Can be, I get that backpack right there? You I said it. You said it. I want to be careful with that one, so I'm kind of like trying to take off with tape. Oh shit. Now, this is what I'm talking about. Is there an evening over there? Uh, that's all you, bro. I know how much you like Star Wars stuff. Yes. Nothing I can do, but that's it. I thought I had that's a easel. Oh, right. yeah. oh, you got the easel? Yeah, I got you an easel for that. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know what? So that's your uh, Stormtrooper? Is that what you call him, right? I'm not yes. too much a Star Wars fan, but I thought maybe, hey, you know what? Let's give that to, let's give that to Tony. And I don't know if he's blocking watch. me, Johnny, but... Uh, you didn't bring it in closer. To me or to? To you. Okay. There you go. There you Bam. Go. Oh, uh, the nice. reflections on it. Turn it this way, maybe. Okay, right there. There you go. There you go. So that was for you, bro. That's just something that uh, I thought that it, it was so good with you. I know. Did you get to check it out real good? Yes, I did, man. Let me check it out. I know I saw your name at the bottom. Yeah, I just tagged it up right there real quick, but that's it, bro. And if you put it under the light, you got some pearls in there. You know what I mean? I work. I use automotive paint Thank for you, that. Man. Great. Um, appreciate it. Shout out to Createx, uh Paints. Okay. And Iwata Airbrush. This is awesome. Once that's again, how I created that. Let me show everybody. But that's awesome. So once again, thank you, man. You got really it, brother. It. That's all you. Oh, uh, let me see. I think that's it. Now, uh, what, if anything, uh, can people reach you? Do you have a website? Do you have anything that uh, uh, you can promote, you can push? Or, uh, right now will be the time. Yeah, um, you can follow me. Hopefully, you guys get to follow me tonight. Hopefully, I inspired a couple of people out there, um, artists. You know what I'm saying? Um, you can follow me at... 
on Instagram at OG Magu M A G O U N O Uno. OG Magu Uno on Instagram. And also we do have a webpage if you want to book us for any um you know any parties or whatever it might be, corporate uh fundraisers, you can um hit us up at ww dot active a c t i v e airbrush ent like entertainment so active airbrush ent.com that's our webpage been up for 15 years now so you can check out all our cool pictures and everything there and then also um you could reach me at active of course this is my brand my clothing brand i came up with this uh maybe about 10 years ago and i've been running with it active with the k um so you can follow me at active 2.0 also on instagram and uh, pick up some some of my shirts, I got some cool hats in there, you know what I mean? Also, I just dropped the shirt today uh, for the people that um, purchased. Shout out to you for the pre-orders. Thank you very much for that and all the support. Awesome. And Active, what inspired Active? Active came, that's the name of my airbrush company, which was okay. Active Airbrush, which I had for 20 years. Okay. But I couldn't go with just Active with the C because there's, you know, there's already another company. So I went with the K just because I was, I brought up Active when I was in the swap meet. It was active airbrush okay. with the K, so it could stand for a lot of different things at the time. Okay. You know what I'm saying so. I stood out with the K. Mm -hmm. That's how we. That's how I've been doing it ever since then. Oh, People okay. would always tell me, "Where'd you get that hat?" I'm known for having cool hats. So everyone was like, "Where'd you get that? Hat? Where'd you get that?" So I just designed my own, and people were buying them. Okay. And it's something that I just put out once in a while. It's not my my main. You know what I mean? I just throw them out there. You know, once in a while. So if you do get it, it's always limited edition. Right. I'm saying so. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, at this time, uh, if you want uh, any shout outs you want to give, or we got like two minutes, any shout outs you want to give? Uh, first, yeah, shout out to my family for sure, my wife and kids, you know, for being there and supporting, being my backbone, you know what I'm saying? For sure, that. Um, I want to get a shout out to my boy, uh, Pablito, as well. He's a really good friend of mine. Um, a lot of stuff in the makings, man. Uh, really proud of that guy there. Um, Give a shout out to my boy Tattoo as well. Um, I got to give him a shout out just because he's the one that really put me on, you know, okay. back in the days, put me on the radio with power and put my art out there. You know what I'm saying? He 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 opened the doors for me um, awesome. through, the, through, the, through the wires, you know what I'm saying? So awesome. I give a shout out to him and um, pretty much my team, bro. Active active team, shout out to all you guys out there and, and, and to all the Airbrush artists that, ins that, that, that support you know what I mean? The, all the yeah. Airbus artists to support me, man. I love you guys, man. So just keep up the work. I'm saying. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, anything that we can do here for you, uh, you know what? Uh, you know, the door's open. Right, yeah. Tony. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that very much. And okay. I appreciate you even having me on here. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a rapper, but I'm a Chicano artist or I'm an artist, you know, and but I just want to make sure. You that's know? one of the elements of hip hop. Right. It know? all started there. It started from breakdancing, pop locking and hip hop and from the streets all the way to where I'm at now. You know what I'm saying? So awesome. Awesome. Got all a right. couple of things coming up and, you know, looking forward to all that stuff as well, man. Awesome. All right, everybody. Once again, we're going to take a 10 minute break. We're going to come back with our next guest. Uh, and uh, once again, the GoFundMe, if you would like to give, uh, it's on my bio or we bring it up on the website. Uh, actually, I think bring it up on the screen. But um, it's on my Facebook bio as well. So if you want to contribute, cool. If not, hey, no worries. It's all good. Uh, I got three of these bundles left. Uh, three of them. So the uh, first come, first serve. Uh, three for 30 of the CDs at the documentary.com. And uh, go ahead and uh, go get yourself something to drink. Get, your, get yourself uh, some popcorn. And we'll be back in a minute. Let me give a big shout out to Pablito for coming out. 
Thank you very much. He's, hopefully he hangs out with us. But we're back in 10 minutes, everybody. So welcome back everybody to rhodium radio episode 58 and before i introduce my special guest once again i think somebody just bought this bundle so you want to get it i got th two more so nice. other than that the royal mixtape documentary you can watch it at doc uh documentary order at documentary.com and you can use the promo code uh, trmd20 get 20 percent off other than that the gofundme page which you can find uh should be popping up on the screen and if not Go to my Instagram on my bio or on my Facebook on my bio or on YouTube on one of these videos. There's a link to the GoFundMe if you would like to go fund the Chicano Rap documentary. Other than that, uh, without further ado, please allow me to introduce my very special guest, LA Icon in the motherfucking building. Yo, 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 what up? It's a pleasure to be here, brother. Oh, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. I know we talked before about getting you on here, but there were on some different circumstances. You were like, no. And then you said, Tony, let's do it. And the spirit of 6 9 it's that guy's fault. <laughs> In the spirit of 6 9 it's just like, that's what's trending right now, huh? Yeah, who's out of control, but I mean, fuck it, I guess. You know what's funny, man? With this generation, he may... Oh, man. I hope I don't regret what I'm about to say. What I'm about to say, I don't condone... But it's almost like he made snitching in. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say some outlandish shit. Yeah. He it, definitely made it. I wouldn't say he made it cool, but he definitely is getting away with it. How yes, about that? Yeah. Yeah. So now, you know, before we jump into every artist and how you got started, uh, I know you you do pretty much filming for a living. Um, what do you like to watch? Uh, Shit, really? Netflix. Netflix is my shit. For uh, real? Uh, what are they? They just put out a new season of El Señor de los Cielos, season fucking 100 or some shit. How was that? Fucking amazing. At first I was like, what the fuck are we doing right here watching a novella? And then fucking 500 episodes later, literally, literally 500 episodes later. Wow. Every fucking season, it's a novella, so every fucking season has like 100 okay. and something episodes. Other than that, the normal Netflix shit, I'm okay. a big, big Netflix guy. Okay, so you recommend that one, because I usually recommend good stuff to the audience. If... <laughs> If you're into that shit, yeah, if you if you could watch it. Okay. Now, me, I only got one documentary under my belt, okay? But I will say this, and I think I could pretty much answer this for you, that when I look at movies or when I look at documentaries or whatever, mm -hmm. I look at now ways of the way they film, the way they edit, of the course. way they transition. Mm -hmm. Is that how you look at movies as well? Uh, I try not to look at it that way, but if it's obvious, if how about this? If it's not up to par with Hollywood standards, then it's noticeable. How about that? Yeah. Like, if you notice some sloppy shit, you're like, I probably could have got this gig. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, I try not to okay. pay attention to it, even if it's any of our work. Okay. What's, what's the last dope movie you've seen, old or new? Uh, like, last night, I watched one of my favorite ones, Limitless. That's a hard-ass fucking movie, The Zoom. Yes. When they're Zoom, you know what I mean? Yes. That's a crazy effect. I love that fucking movie. That movie's hard. I wish I could have one of those pills, but... I, I take that naturally, homie. I just I'm mad at that. <laughs> so, a good movie that I seen recently. What was that fucking movie that we saw the other day? That was pretty good. Something twenty three in a day or twenty three in one. It's a movie on Netflix and it has the uh, has this kid from this other fucking movie. It's this black kid. I don't remember what the I don't remember, but it was good. It was about him being down. He was like super with the program and 
he was getting put on by this kingpin or what have okay, you. Um... You're not gonna remember. <laughs> but um, long story short, he goes and he uh, he waxes dude and he gets caught for it and he goes to prison. But when he goes to prison, he's with his deadbeat ass dad. His dad was there for him, but he wasn't there for him. You know what I mean? So right. He's there in prison with them and he's telling them like, "Yo, you gotta do this. You gotta do that." He's like, "Shut the fuck up. I'm here for murder, homie. I'm pretty sure I can take care of myself." La la la. His homie ends up being um. His right hand man in the streets ends up being a um, like a turncoat. He's like playing uh, playing both sides of the fence, not with the cops, but with the ops or whatever, with the enemies. And uh, he uh, goes to jail. The rumor is out that he's actually fucking with the ops. The same guy that plays Wu Tang. Yeah, the same guy that plays Rizzo on the Wu Tang documentary. He ends up uh, he ends up hitting the yard. As soon as he hit the yard, they go in to hug each other and they both go to stick each other. Oh wow! And he ends up getting the that's better really the better half of that, and that's okay. the end of the movie. Oh wow! Well, it's a little bit more to that, but yeah, that's the major okay. plot. Do you like any scary movies? I fuck with scary movies. I can't, okay. I don't get to watch them very often because she doesn't fuck with it. So oh okay, I have to watch what, them by myself. What's one of your most maybe favorite within the last ten years? If you had one, period. Freddy Cougar is my guy. Now the last one or the new? I mean the older ones. Uh, I can't really recall the last one. Yeah, I didn't really like the last one. But the series, my mom was really big into horror when I was in her household, and um, Freddy Cougar. Yeah, mine was Michael Myers, so we're kind of close. As long as it's not Jason, because you know they got beef and shit. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> no good. That's no good. But I'll tell you what type of horror movie that I like to watch, uh, like The Conjuring. I don't like to fuck with the spiritual shit too much. I know, I know. Even the uh, Insidious, even that one. Was, Insidious is pretty vicious. Yeah. Don't I like they have like family. 10 of them? I, I just like one. The one, main one. That's it. Like It's like walking Chucky one. Like Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So Child's Play is good. Yeah, I like Child's Play. I, 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 shit, I remember when I was a little kid, I, I saw that at the movie theater. You know, uh, my mom used to drop us off, me and my brother, and we used to be in there fucking watching two movies, and then go to the next theater watch course, two movies when it was doable. You know? Yeah. So now, uh, uh, where uh, where did you grow up at? I grew up in El Sereno, which is the east side of Los Angeles, not to be confused with East LA. It's east of East LA. Okay. It's the last city before uh, the San Gabriel Valley begins. No, no, I'm gonna so, I'm gonna tell how I know your city, okay? Because in the '80s, me and my boy, we used to ditch to Roosevelt mm -hmm. or Garfield because we'd say all the fine girls went there. And yeah, we're yeah, from yeah. out here, the harbor. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when we would go out there at, at night to the clubs or to the house parties, everybody still said, "You got to go to El Sereno. You got to go to El Sereno." Everybody used to say that. That's turned up. Yeah, you know, yeah, everybody. But hell, it, it was. We used to go out there, so that's how I know your city. And parties. You, you went to school and everything out there? I actually was kicked out of school in the seventh grade and I got my GED when I was in camp, juvenile camp, <laughs> when I was 16. So I, after seventh grade, I guess I was smart enough from there. Okay. Smart enough to get my GED a couple of years later, right? Uh, Fuck it. And, and, and why camp, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I don't know why they sent me to camp. I had already gone to all the juvenile halls. They didn't give me YA, so I don't know. It was just camp that time, I guess. Challenger in uh, Lancaster, Camp McNair. Okay. Okay. I went to all the camps there, but Camp McNair is when I got my GED. <laughs> Any brothers or sisters? My brother is probably as old as you, and my sister's 10 years older than me, so I'm the youngest. She's the baby of the family. Yeah, okay. I was the bad one. Mama's boy? Well, I guess, yeah. Okay, that's cool. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. That'll work. That'll work. More so than my dad, yeah, so for sure. 
<laughs> you play any sports growing up? I tried, yeah. I was pretty good at basketball. Really? Yeah, my name, uh, well, I mean, obviously I didn't go fucking pro, right? But right. my name is in El Sereno Park on a plaque in the Hall of Fame for fucking Little League basketball, I guess you could call it. Oh, shit. Yeah, I used to be all right. I wasn't always this fat. I could still hoop, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not everyone's buff like you, all right, Tony? Not what? Hey, hey, hey. Anyways. You like that shit, Alex? <laughs> oh. um, now, around when or who would you say inspired you to pick up the camera? Um, it's a weird story. So this broad that I was dating at the time was trying to become a professional makeup artist. And she ended up becoming really big, more power to her, whatever. But uh, one of the times, I guess it was a rich kid school. So uh, we were on Sunset and Vine in the condos that are right there on top of Sunset and Vine. And we were at one of these students' class, uh, one of her classmates condos and they had a badass fucking camera he said something about a d80 or something like that it was like a fucking crazy ass nikon i picked it up i was drunk i was fucking around thought i was a shit because i was selling weed at the time yeah and i was like i could buy one of these right now they're like you should i need help fucking taking pictures of my work or whatever and i was like all right for sure so the next day i bought a camera i had wrapped i will i always wrapped or whatever so i knew you I took your photos. You know him. You told me, hey, let's take his photos. I know Alex took his photos, took the homies' photos, and it just spread like that. One of them, uh, one of the more popular people that I shot back then was uh, L Boy. You ever heard of L Boy? Gangsta L? Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that. Uh, so Gangsta L, and uh, he took me. I met Frost. I met Mac 10 and J Rock and all kinds of other people that day. J Rock from TDE. And uh, that day, that particular day is the day I learned how to film music videos because I feel filming with, well, maybe not something like the webcam, but a little handy cam. And I was filming the behind the scenes of the video shoot. And that was my way to get more money. I would film it too with the little handy cam. Like, hey, you want photos? Cool, but I'll interview you too on video if you want. Just give me extra hundred bucks or whatever the fuck you had at the time. I always, I'm always open to negotiations to this day. But fucking, um, long story short, I went home. I told, uh, I told L to shoot me the record. He shot me the record. And by chance, I synced it up with them saying the lyrics. And I was like, what the fuck? I could shoot a music video. Bing. Wow. Then I upgraded my camera. And back then, these digital, uh, these DSLRs that just had just hit the market. So it was able to film and take photos. So it was the T2i. Everyone's getting Canon T series, whatever the fuck. I had the T2i. And I filmed the fuck out of that shit till it broke. Awesome. I still have it to this day. Awesome, awesome. And, and about how old were you at this time? Um, this was, I don't even recall how many years. It was 10 years ago. It'll be 10 years in November that I've been filming music videos. Okay, okay. And I'm sure you got a lot of crazy mad footage. I have probably 12 hard drives full of everything. I never delete anything. So if I ever filmed you. You I got it somewhere. It. I have it for sure. Not even somewhere. I know exactly where it is. It's in a waterproof safe. Awesome. Awesome. You know, I know that's probably a lot better than uh, uh, me having records. I, I would have 60 crates of records covered all from this wall, but that's I knew a exactly, safety hazard. I knew exactly where everything was. <laughs> so now uh, I know you used to rap. Um, yes. What inspired or encouraged that? The first song I ever re recited was Nothing But a G Thing. That's the first song I ever memorized. Okay. And I would like anyone else replace the lyrics with the hood or with this or with that and i figured i could rap and then in junior high school we used to rap at lunch or whatever and then i just carried on from there 
Okay. High school, I didn't even go to school, but I would go up to the school with the homies and shit and go kick little freestyles and then leave. Okay. Shit like that. You you work up any type of demos or anything like that at the time? Uh, Me and my buddies did record some shit, and it's on the internet right now. It's bad. One of my homies, it was one of my homies that passed away. Rest in peace, my homie Snaps, a.k.a. Tron. Fucking, um, he, um, he had this little fucking Cool Edit Pro. You ever heard of Cool Edit Pro? No. It's basically Sony Audition. Okay. Or is it Adobe Audition? It's Adobe Audition, but like fucking 15, 17, 16 years ago, something, something, something old as fuck. And, um... Yeah, we would record in his in his bedroom, his dad's bedroom, on a on a shitty mic. Not even this. This is decent. The little Radio Shack mics. Right. And uh, his dad would come home because they they were in school. I wasn't, so I'd just pull up with the weed or whatever the fuck it was at the time. <laughs> and um, we would record, and it's on the internet now. I'm not gonna say the link. I'll send it to you to fuck around. <laughs> Don't share that shit, bro. It's bad. It's good. But it's bad. It's bad now. No, that's uh, actually better than half these motherfuckers. Oh, no, I think about it. Maybe I should drop that shit again. Maybe you should drop. That no, shit. I'm just kidding. Maybe it's uh, bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. <laughs> yeah, we could run with that. Okay, that's good. <laughs> now, um, so now you rap. Did you ever at one point say, you know what, I'm a rapper. Let me release an album. Did that ever happen? Uh, yes. So I was with the campaign. Well, before the campaign, I released an album, but I was in high school, and that was that was all right. Okay. We were young. So, I mean, it is what it was. But, um, so when I, I met the homies from the campaign during a photo shoot through you, 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 and then they came across me somehow. <clears throat> they were like, hey, the homie said you rapped. And I was like, yeah, they're like, jump on this song. So I went in the booth. I fucked it up real quick because I recycled a 16 because I didn't have anything to do with it. I had written it. I recorded it. I mean, I never recorded. I'd written it. I re, uh, memorized it. And that day, they were like, hey, and it went perfect to the tempo. And I dropped it. And the rest is history. And with that being said, we uh, dropped a project called uh, Divine Intervention. That was our first project. And that did okay. It was all right. We had gotten digital distribution through Empire because I have a Empire account and whatnot. So uh, we went through Empire. And then the next one is called Gunpowder Poetry. And that's actually hosted by... Um, Julio G and Tony G, they hosted that mixtape for me. Okay. And that did really, really well. Um, we got a little bit of radio action. It was a big, it was a cool little big thing because okay. we were so diverse. We're all Latin. We were all spitting our different little shit. Right. It was gangster, but not over the top. It was still hip hop. You know what I mean? Okay. So it was on, pretty on, slick. On that one, when you got distribution by Empire. Um, They're all distributed through Empire. Okay. Up until my brown side shit. Who, who did the production? Up until that point, um, there is a guy called Infamizi. There, he's had one half of a group called Oh No. If you've ever heard of Oh No, mm -hmm. the young skinny kid. Okay, uh, he's really really popular. His name is Relevant. Rel's pretty cool kid. Should come on here someday maybe. But um, with that being said, is Infamizi. Um, he did most of almost all. Actually, Gunpowder Poetry was a mixtape. Mixtape, Divine Intervention. He produced through and through. And he actually did produce some shit on Gunpowder Poetry. We called it a mixtape because there was some hijacked beats like from Alchemist and shit like that. But right. he also got a couple of tracks on there too. It's pretty sick. Okay. And those were three that you dropped, if I'm correct. One, two, three, yeah. yeah. Up until my brown. So no, and then I dropped another solo project after that. 
because uh, we were going on tour. We had some tour dates with King Little G. We had some tour dates with the the young man Fora, if you've ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. And um, I carried on on that tour or whatever, and I needed product because merch was. I mean, you're on fucking tour. You need merch. You need posters, clothes, what what have you. If you don't know that, you need posters, clothes, and shit. And a CD, ideally, right? So I cut a I cut a solo project called The Big Picture, and that did probably that's the best album I've ever dropped as far as money wise. I made wow. quite a bit of money. Okay, off and, of that. and at that time, would you say that you really took rap serious? Like, like uh, I took rap extremely serious. The ba- the video shit took a backseat, 100. I was making decent revenue. I'm not gonna say I'm driving. I was driving an exotic, exotic ass vehicle, but I had a car, I had my own spot, and all I did was music industry shit. Of course, I still shot a couple of videos here and there, yeah. one or twice a week, which is decent money, but the money mostly came from streams and video views and album sales. Awesome. Awesome, man. I'm glad to hear that. Now, uh, how did you meet Tony and Julio? Um, How the fuck did I meet Tony and Julio? That's a great question. I can't even... I can't say for sure. I maybe do you know Kiki? Which Kiki? The Hennessy Lounge Kiki? Uh, I know one Kiki, but you call him Kiki Smooth. I know Kiki Smooth. It's not that Kiki. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I if I can't attribute it to Kiki from the Hennessy Lounge, I can't even recall how I know Julio and Tony, mm-hmm. but they blessed me. I took them the project. They liked it. They wanted to fuck with it a little bit more, like on the mastering shit. I was like, Do whatever the fuck you want. You guys are blessing me. Tony, uh, you're now listening to, you know, I mean, uh, Julio did that. Julio did the shit. Tony did actual life scratches on it. It was a great thing. Which I believe today, in my opinion, that's what musical acts are like, that old school scratching feel. Yeah, people ain't know? fucking with that no more, especially <laughs> on the actual thing. He was scratching so live, it would skip. Not skip the CD, but he would skip a bar or two. You know what I mean? Like when you're, he was doing right. his real DJ shit. You're a DJ. You know what right. I'm talking about. Better than I do. You know what I mean? So Right, right. No. He was doing his motherfucking thing. And when you started touring, um, who did you have a manager at the time? I didn't have a touring manager, but we had a... I guess we all had shared the same tour manager, which would be I Suppose. I don't know if you ever heard of I Suppose from the A18. No. He also raps. Excuse me. He's a... He was cool. He was all right. Okay. And, and who, who were you guys like touring him. with? Uh, the headliner would have been Fora. And also on a separate, different tour that was hosted by an artist. We had like seven or eight dates with uh, King Little G, Reverie, Self Provoke. We were all coming up at the same time, but clearly Little G would have been the headliner that time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And and around what year was it? About 2005, maybe? Damn, that's too long ago. Nah, this would have been 2015, 2014, 2016, 20, yeah, 2016 okay. was probably the last time. You know, it's funny because me being my age, the age of 52, um, who said 2005 <laughs> yeah I, I, you know i'm thinking back when you know myspace came out you know what i'm saying i had a myspace page yeah so that's that's what i fucking when we mentioned yeah, my myspace it's like sounds fuck. so so old now huh but 2005 is fucking old that's when i fucking nah i was yeah i was just barely getting out of high school or some shit like that <laughs> or i should have been you know what i mean so. right Okay, okay. You know, I forget sometimes I deal with the younger generation. So I, I throw out years, a lo pendejo. It's all good. Know? So now, uh, you're rapping, you go on tour. Uh, what were you thinking of the music that was out of during that time? Man? I, I don't like the state of music today. How did you like the state of music then? The state of music then would have still been the trap shit or whatever, but uh, the people on tour were more hip hop yeah. per se. I was 
riding the fence on trap slash hip hop because my bars aren't dumbed down trash per se, but they also weren't fucking super lyrical, miracle, spiritual type shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. And how far did those records take you, man? Did you travel everywhere? Uh, I didn't go to the... I've been to the East Coast for, for to perform, but during those tours, it was mostly the West Coast and then, you know, the, the normal racket, fucking New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, etc. Like that little yeah. section. Yeah. And I could have probably gone to the East Coast during that time, but I was running low on merch and I... I didn't know how big my fucking fan, you want to be honest, I didn't know how big my fucking fan base might have been in Michigan, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I didn't necessarily want to incur all the costs of fucking being out there and not necessarily mm. killing it, you know what I'm saying? Because right. I was used to killing it everywhere we went. The stage performance would have been um, on point because that's a formula that's down packed per se, but I don't know what the crowd reception would have been to the merch, you know right. what I'm saying? Okay. Now, um, after you get off a tour, well, during all that time, were you still filming at all or taking pictures as you're, as you're traveling? Uh, I was trying to film during those tour dates, obviously, because or whoever's with me, if a girl was with me, if a homie was with me, hey, film this, I'm going to tripod a camera over here, et cetera, et cetera. And I would do recap videos for all of us, so I'd make a couple of bucks off of him, off of him, off of him. Oh, you need a music video while we're here? Let's fuck it up. You know what I'm saying? So, And of course, when I was home, I would film because I have regulars that yeah. need their videos and shit. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. That'll work. So now you get off that tour. Did you record anymore or did you just feel like, you know, let me just go ahead and stick to this? I was just doing the same old shit for almost two years. Really? The same, the same music, my same. I would change up the show set if I knew someone else was going to maybe give away weed or if we were doing a weed thing, I would put a weed song on instead or, you know, just switch it up to pertain to the exact circumstances of that show. But same shit. Okay, okay. Now, at what point in time would you say you ended up meeting Toker? Uh, I met Tokes maybe five years ago, and it was through, um, they're part of Crime Family Entertainment now, a uh, criminal's label or whatever, and they go by the Empire Riders. It was uh, Big Sanch who had hooked me up with Toker's cousin. Uh, he called him One Punch, if you ever saw the lives or whatever. And uh, the homie Luis or whatever. So he called me one day. He was like, yo, I'm going to plug you in with Tokes from the Brown Side. I n had never heard of Tokes from the Brown Side. Because I didn't, like I said, I listened to fucking Dr. Dre. Nothing but a G thing was my first shit. Tokes was out about that same time. Yeah, He would have been on easy side. Doctor, You know what I mean? So yeah. I wasn't privy to all that bullshit. That was a tiny bit before my time. Before my musical time, at least. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I was like, oh, okay, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I gave him the price. He was like, okay, well... Do you have a problem going across the border? I was like, we're good, right? He was like, yeah, we're good. I was like, well, fuck it. If you're saying we're good, we're good. So, excuse me. He uh, told me, meet me at the last gas station off of the fucking five freeway or whatever. And I was like, cool, whatever. He's like, I'll be wearing a cowboy hat. I was like, cool, I got you. So I pull up down there and I'm looking for some fool in a fucking, he's like, I'm in a pickup truck. So I'm like, all right, I'm looking for a Paisano-ass homie. Like, all right. So I'm looking for a pickup with a homie with a sombrero. And I'm like, I call him like, yo, where the fuck are you at, fool? He's like, Dick, I'm right here looking at you in my pickup with a cowboy hat on. And I look and he's wearing a fucking Dallas Cowboys hat. I was like, fuck. So we cross the border. We go over there. My first encounter with a toker. There's beach houses. We're all in beach houses right there. So... The beach house one is more like a family house where you could have your kids and your wife or whatever i went across the street to 
to one punches. You gotta do the voice. To, nah, I don't, I don't feel like it right now. So anyway, so fucking, um, we're going, I go in, I'll do the voice, fuck it, because I always do impression of Toker. So when I go, he's like, what up, big dog? Come on in. So I go inside, and there's this crazy fucking whore right there. And when crazy, I mean like super big old titties, big old ass. She's kind of like just right there where her lady. She's just posting. He's like, this is all you, big dog. Your lady's across the street, right? Ponle. And I looked at him like. Fool, what if she comes? You're gonna get me fucking caught up. Don't trip, doggy. My wife's over there. She got you. And I laughed it off. And he was like, <laughs> he made her spread her legs and shit. He was like, that's all you. And I was like, <laughs> I just laughed. Probably how I laugh right now. And I was like, nah, that's all you, Lewis. And he's like, you don't gotta tell me twice. And that was my first encounter with Toker. Oh, and then he paid me. He paid me quite a sizable amount of money. Um, in that instance right after that it's like you don't want the pussy just the money all right here you go and then uh there was a restaurant down the down the street like literally like from here to where my car is okay and uh so i guess i was not down the street just a couple of buildings and fucking um we had an open tab well i had an open tab just had to pay for your own alcohol and i didn't really drink then either so Took care of me it was really okay. good that's a boss ass motherfucker right there now now, now, now what, do you, what do you pay you for would you uh videos strictly okay. videos videos okay. well videos and photos not really photos because i would just i mean we're filming already just what's it i mean just right. pop a couple real quick right but yeah okay. mostly videos and, and how many videos did you end up filming for him excuse me i don't know a lot okay i shot every single thing that they put out from when they came back out okay so Who, when did he come back 2015 2016 when he started putting out his new shit yeah if i'm correct i did every i did all of that every i started that youtube page okay. every single thing now when you say every single thing just him or the other group that he everyone had? everyone brownside related okay and can you give us a couple of those names for the people that may be wondering? uh so the obviously there's original brownside which of course the homie wicked tokes their brownside uh his little brother clever um rich rich g you know what i'm saying right. you should have rich g on here he's more your fucking era as a matter of fact well I, I, <laughs> I don't like to give away uh who's gonna be here but let's just say that's good okay he deserves it he's a good man um the trece boys which are little danger and travi and chino chino i believe has uh, a hefty jail sense he's looking at that i believe he's innocent of but i mean shit whatever i'm not the judge right so right and uh lady benz can't forget about lady benz okay and i shot every single one of their videos as well up until two years ago and mm -hmm. i think the only person that's been putting out stuff lately is little danger more power to him by the way you know what I'm saying? So, and and um shooting these videos uh you said you started the youtube youtube page you guys are releasing through youtube yes of course not he amassed many many subscribers i don't know maybe it might be at 200k by now yeah yeah. I'm out of the fold on that because once Toker passed away, I, I quit. You know what I'm saying? Right. No disrespect to any of the homies. I reached out to everyone individually prior to me quitting. Right. They said it was cool. Only one person said it would look whack because he had just passed away and it might look like some bitch shit. But I was like, if anyone needs to test it, you know what I'm saying? It's cool. Right. No one's bitching out. It's just... You just true. I abandoned... Okay, so I put out an album uh -huh. through Brownside. Okay. Or East Town Records, whatever you want to call it. We all claim the brown side. You know what I'm saying? At that point, it was more just like a flagship scenario as opposed to it being actual, being member of the group. You know what I'm saying? So um, I had released an album called The Cost of Living. And I 
I had just released it. We did an amazing show at the Brownside flagship store in downtown uh, Los Angeles or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like 300 people. Shit was leaking into the streets. It was great. And uh, a couple months after, he passed away, bro. And I didn't want to capitalize on all the attention because all of our followers went up. All of our profile views went up. All the video views went up. And maybe, maybe from a marketing standpoint, I made a huge mistake, but out of an integrity and honor standpoint from my homie, I did the right thing by not trying to fucking capitalize and release a new music video in the middle of all of us mourning, per se. You know what I'm saying? So right. I just took a back seat to that. And after that, I just didn't feel like I needed to be part of the record label as a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not going to fuck. I wasn't going to rap during right. that time. So. Right. Uh, um, how was your relationship with him? Was it, was it just, uh, I mean, can you call him anytime just shoot the shit with him? He was one of the groomsmen in my wedding, as an example. So that was my dog. We talked every single day, twice a day, once in the morning. If it was a business thing, we would start off as business and me and him are shit talkers. I definitely like to talk a gang of shit. If we were fucking gossiping or whatever the case may have been, just talking shit, period. Talking about the baby, talking about this, talking about that. Yeah. That was my boy. That was the homie, yeah. like in a real ass way. I would go over there for non-work related things, just to chill, etc. We spent holidays together, all of our families and shit. So that's awesome, man. That was the homie. That's good to hear. A lot of people were interested in to hear that. Um, now let me ask you a question. It's very hard for me to ask, but I need to ask. Where were you when you found out of him, you know, passing away? The day that it happened, um, I was filming a video for jokes. He was the newest artist put onto the team or whatever. It was me, Jokes, and Thravi. We were at my house filming the video Boss Bitch. It was like the fucking 10th day of filming because Tokes wanted more and more shit and more shit. Right. And like I said, fucking, um, he called Jokes or Thravi to fucking make sure we were doing whatever we were supposed to be doing and what have you. And uh -huh. fucking, um, I was just talking shit, saying you're never going to get your video. Fuck that, blah, blah, blah. Why the fuck are you even checking up on us? I don't even fucking need your help. It's not like you're doing anything anyways. Bro. I talk stupid shit to him. Just talking shit, though. You know what I mean? It was all in good all fun. Right. He was like, man, shut the fuck up for these who's jumpy, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like, we fucked around a lot. And um, that was like at 1 or 2 in the afternoon. Come to find out later, everything had happened around 5. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And um, I didn't know that. So the homie... Luis, one punch, was blowing up my phone in the middle of the night. Maybe not blowing it up. He called two or three times. And I, I was asleep. And my phone's on silent at all times. So if my phone glows on camera, you guys know I never answer my phone, right? So there's that, right? So fucking, um, I woke up and I called him like, yo, it's cracking. Who the fuck you call me so late at night? He's like, they got the homie, dog. They got the homie. And I was like, go bail him out. What the fuck? I've never seen... One of the videos, how about this? One of the videos that I filmed for Tokes, you know people use prop money in videos now, right? Right. They, they don't even have that amount of prop money. So he had the most amount of money I've ever seen in my life in person in a video. So when I say bail him out, I literally mean like, the fuck, bail him out. It's light. Right. It's fucking Mexico, you know what I'm saying? Bail that fool out. How did he not pay off the fucking... He was like, they got the homie. You don't understand. They got the He was at my house 45 minutes later, and he lived at least an hour away. You know what I'm saying? So he flew to my house. He told me, and I was like, shut the fuck up, stupid. Like, I don't even believe it. I don't, I don't even know why you're playing like this. Like, what do you really want? Where are we going? What are we doing? And he wasn't fucking around, so. You just had a hard time consuming that. At first, yeah. And then 
I mean, it was true. Then I saw a news report. Then I saw a photo. A pretty fucking wild photo or whatever. And You know what I'm saying? Well, if you hang out with someone every day and you see a particular photo and you see what they're wearing, you know it's them. Like, oh, you know what I mean? So, right. Okay. That's crazy. All good, brother. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that's the first time I ever hear somebody ever mention a photo. But we're going to go ahead and uh, stop it there. And we're going to take a 10 minute break and we're going to come right back and then we're going to talk about everybody that you've been shooting ever since. Let's do it. Dope. Rest in peace, Toker, before yes, we go, rest man. In peace, rest in peace. Uh, once again, everybody, uh, call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know that Ellie Icon is in the motherfucking building, and we we'll here, be bro. back in about 10 minutes. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodeo Radio, episode 58. We're going to go ahead and jump right back into it with none other than Ellie Icon. What up? What up? Shout out to everyone in the chat. Yeah, yeah, that's entertaining, shit man. Shit is fucking amazing. You guys talking shit? I fucking salute your shit talking skills. I got a new name today. I'm catfishing on my fucking flyer photo. You know what I'm saying? They hit me with them fat girl angles on that one. You know what I mean? Don't hate. You know? What's cracking though, Tony? He said fat girl angles. The high angle. Right, right. The that's, high angle. That's usually. And you know what's funny? The short guys take them with the phone down here looking up, looking down so they can look taller. <laughs> that's the short guy angle. Yeah, yeah. So me, I just usually, you know, eye level. But uh, anyways, you were supposed to uh, uh, serve yourself a shot, you oh, said. shit. So. Here we go. And uh, so now, when, <laughs> what inspired your name, LA Icon, and was that your rapping name when you were? Um. So, I'm more concerned about taking this shot. Everyone that knows me knows I don't really drink, so. Rodeo Radio exclusive, so. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> You feel that, that nice warmness come down your chest? It's cold outside. Pause. Come down your chest, <laughs> Alex. What the? F nah. Mm. This is actually a what Toker would have us drink. So it's coincidental. We'll run with that though. Oh. Um. Yeah. What did you even ask me right now? Fuck. Uh, if you wear high heels on the weekend, now I'm only playing. No way. No. Do, uh, what? Um. Where, what inspired the name LA Icon and was uh, that your rapping name? Uh, it was inspired by the photography and instead of me having fucking 35 different names, I just decided why not fucking Icon. And Icon is not a, the most original name in the whole wide world. There isn't very many, but there is some for photography. So I just put LA because mm -hmm. that's where I'm from. City is my first name now. You know what I mean? So okay, that's what it is. Okay, now, was that your rapping name as well? It was my rapping name since I started putting out music professionally, yes. Okay, before that, non-professional, did you ever have another name? Nah. What Come is... on, man. That was a yes right there. I'm a, I'm a, I'll send it to you directly. The I don't need to get Googled and all my old shit get brought up. Good so you don't want to give it away? Something's got to stay secret, baby. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, quick question. One of your favorite comedy movies of all time? Friday. Really? Just off the, just to not overthink it? Head, yeah. Friday. Okay, mine, I was asked this, and the first one that came to my mind was Coming to America. You're fucking old, Tony. Yes, very, very old. When the dinosaurs used to roam the earth. <laughs> so, but yes, uh, I had my walker on the other I've room. seen that fucking movie. I don't remember it probably as well as I should, considering it's a classic, but I remember it. They're wearing like dashikis and all kinds of crazy shit on. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you something. You need to watch that. Honestly, because to me, in my opinion, and people may disagree with me, and the majority may agree with me, 
I do believe that that is the greatest comedy of all time. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, let's get back to your now filming videos. Uh, at what point in your life did you say, you know what, I'm going to just do this over the rapping? Uh, it's always back and forth. Okay. It's always back and forth. Like, when I was doing the little... And when I say tour, we weren't fucking doing Staples Center, but we were doing decent shows, 1,000 people, 500 people, sometimes 200 people, etc., right? Excuse me. So fucking, uh, I'm reading the comments. You guys are fucking wild. <laughs> it was a bad idea for me to turn on the comments. I know. Because I, I want to address it. Fucking, um... <laughs> um, long story short, fucking, um... It's just whenever I'm whenever I'm rapping, I'm still filming. But when I'm filming, I'm not necessarily rapping. Does that make sense? Okay. Like when I'm full force on the filming, that means the rapping shit is dormant for whatever reason. Not because I have writer's block, not for any other reason other than the video shit is just cracking. Uh -huh. Like people, like right now, Icon spit a freestyle icon. You could really rap, whatever, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Fucking, um, I don't feel the need to right now. Okay. It's just... I'm kicking ass on the videos. I fucking yeah. film everyone. Awesome. I film Misfit. I film everyone that's cracking. Fucking, I just shot a video for Conejo that's doing really, really well. Shout out to Conejo. He got some mixtape dropping. You should host that shit. Mm -hmm. Actually, he had invited me um, to, I don't want to call that a party because it was at a studio, but it's listening. His listening party? Yeah. Okay. But instead, I chose to go see MC Hammer. You know, uh, you're a wild fucking dude, Tony. Yes, sir. One of my boys bodyguards for him, so he said, "Come on, man, let's go." So, let me tell you something about Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> was he doing gospel rap at that instance? No, no this was just recently. <laughs> oh, okay. This was just recently. One thing about Hammer not not only is he a real humble dude, like a real, but his shows he still gives it a hundred and ten percent, man. Like I really did. Enjoyed he do the fucking Hammer dance. Everything. <laughs> he brought people up on stage. You can't touch this. He did everything. And I really... People can say, you know, fuck that dude. I would never say that because I love his hustle, man. I love his hustle. So He you, went broke and made it back, right? Yes. Oh, can't yeah. be mad at that. You know, when you're making 100000 you know, a show... Do 10 shows <laughs> and you're at a million bucks. That's like three months of work, max. Exactly. You know, and you can't hate on that. You cannot hate on you that. You know, when you got rappers sad to say that are trying to sell tickets so they can perform you know that's the way of the way of the fucking world these days i guess yeah. shout out to the promoters that make people do that yeah i know and I, I know i know a few of them they're my friends but that's what they do so now um you, you were naming a couple of um artists that you had um filmed was there ever any artists without mentioning any names that you were like, this guy was just a fucking asshole. You know what? No. Because usually I'm the asshole on the scene. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I talk a lot of shit. I'm always poking fun. And let's just say you're used to all your yes men and I'm poking fun at you. You might not be accustomed to someone fucking with you. Yeah. Like that. And not that I'm Mr. Popular or anything, but my numbers are pretty all right as a rapper and as my social media, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of... Mm -hmm can't really say shit to me like can you rap better than me or you know drop a diss track or some shit or what are you gonna do right. you know what i'm saying plus i'm filming your video and i might be being a dick because 
your drunk ass homie over there won't stop telling me fucking brilliant ideas that we already talked about fucking three weeks ago or whatever the case may be you know what i'm saying so do you ever get those guys maybe you ought to shoot over here maybe you ought to shoot a lot a lot shout out to all the which camera let's see which camera, camera shout out to all the guys that are right there giving me good ideas i really appreciate it a lot yeah no believe me we get this one guy maybe like two guys but one guy that emails us and leaves paragraphs on pointers y yes yes does he follow any of them <laughs> I, I don't even know who in the hell this guy is okay i don't even know who this guy is, but this guy pretty much like one of them he wrote me how i am not qualified for the chicano rap documentary why wow. yeah it, it's a long ass paragraph and it, i know somewhat of your history i want to see that fucking explanation why that's fucking tight <laughs> i don't know why I, I honestly maybe johnny uh could tell you after but that's what he said uh, You're not said, qualified. Yeah. Who I'm, is qualified? You know what? That's something I should have asked him. But I feel like I'm qualified. I, I didn't. Yeah. So I, I'm not qualified. Another guy said, you should do this. You, you should consider this. Uh, your your breaks are too long. You need to do this. Uh, wear a different shirt. Even all kinds of shit, bro. Why? You're recycling the same shirt? Yeah. I watched this like five times. I wore it five, day, five weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking tight. Yeah. So... But yeah, dude, I get that kind of. And it, I'm thinking, who has the time to write me an entire letter? But people be bored. Maybe he was sitting on the shitter. Maybe he's on quarantine. Motherfuckers got time I know. right now. I know. Yeah, you're right. So now, how do you think you became that guy that everybody calls? You got to get icon to film your video by shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting. I feel like my prices are maybe the most competitive for the quality I'm pumping out. There's not too many people better than me in my price bracket or this might sound cocky as fuck or in the general area for that matter. There's only two people that I think will fuck with me. I'm not giving them a plug. Shout out to you guys though. You probably think I'm talking about you, but I'm not. But fucking no, nah, shout out to the homies that are filming music videos, you know what I'm saying? Everyone's trying to right. get it. Everyone has their own guy these days, you know what I'm saying? So right. for me to be able to um, shoot music videos for a lot of the popular artists that are out in the in our racket right now is a blessing in itself, you know what I'm saying? Because right. they don't have to choose me, so. Right. You know, in I'm blessed. 1991, we shot our first video at the Rodeo Swami, okay? Sick. We had some people that come from Australia. It's always a fucking out of town. Yeah. Uh, Disney hired them, and I'll be honest with you. They seemed professional, you know, until the director, he had leather pants, like something like Jim Morrison would wear. Oh, so some real Hollywood wannabe director yes, shit. That's okay. tight. He was sagging his leather pants. Sagging them. Sagging leather pants. Leather tight pants. And they were pants. skinny pants. Yes. With no draws. <laughs> okay. It was an invitation, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the time, you know, now I was always one of those guys. I see didn't really care, but... For me, I wanted to go to the editing. I wanted to see how it was done. I want to see what you're going to put in it. I have no idea how they edited back then. Right. Okay. So I went and they, it was funny. I'm thankful I went because they started asking me, so what do you think we should add right here? And I was, they, I'm being real serious when I say that. Mm -hmm. Do you think we should put it, you right here? Should we take that out? How do you want to see it? I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck were these guys going to do if I wasn't here? <laughs> now, I'm not saying I edited. But no, I yeah, they definitely shocked. asked for your input and you gave it. Yeah, and I gave it. After seeing it, that shit looked like an old ass black and white Godzilla movie. 
You know, it was fucked up. And we paid those guys $25,000. Fuck. Shoot me 25 racks. I got you. Yeah. All right. Cool. I got it tomorrow. Follow me to the bank. I saw your fucking car outside. Was that your car? The black one? No. Yeah. Shoot that so, shit. You got 25, baby. So check this out. <laughs> so and then the Hughes brothers, uh, Alan and Albert, come into the picture. Of course. And we give them 35. Then they shoot our video. We go to Venice Beach. After that, our set third video, sit in the park. We go to Echo Park. They film it. Everything totally changes. And those Australian guys get pissed off at us. The guy with the tight leather pants. Why didn't you stay with us? Yeah, pretty much. They're that talking about the day. It was very, very trash. Uh, it was fucked up, bro. But that was our first video. Let me ask you this. Was it trash because of the quality or was it trash because of the circumstances they were dealt? Both. Uh, Could I, they I, have done anything better other than shoot with better equipment? Yes. If you look at it, it's almost like when you're watching the video, everything's flashing. It's a video of everything flashing. You don't see a steady pace of the guy rapping. Huh. You know, so, you know, it, it, I don't know, it is what it is, bro. You could go on YouTube and watch that shit. But now, uh, other than shooting rap videos, do you shoot anything else? Uh, I'm pretty open to shoot whatever the fuck people throw at me. So if it's your niece's quinceanera, if it's your fucking sister-in-law's wedding... Mm -hmm. I fucking filmed a funeral. I filmed fucking all kinds of shit. I filmed anything. Damn, you filmed a funeral? Like you didn't put a beat under it like that, did you? I put a sad ass fucking okay. song, but not a sad song. I put a uh, like trailer music okay. per se or ambient sad. Mm -hmm. No, you shot at a funeral itself, remember? Mm -hmm. Oh shit, I've it shot a fucking music video at, at a funeral. funeral. Wow. In a respectful way, because mm -hmm. it was a song for that gentleman that passed away. Rest in peace to that gentleman. You know what I'm saying? But um, right. Shot a lot of wild shit. Okay. Now, um, do you still have any association with uh, Brownside at all? Uh, not especially, but I think we're all on good terms, as okay. far as I know. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I any of them still are pumping out music? Are you doing any of their videos? Uh, no one's tapped into for a music video with me from that camp, but um. Like I said, I think Little Danger put something out recently, maybe a couple months ago, or maybe it was more recent than that, but he, I think he's still trying to push the movement along, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So, shout out to him. I know you did uh, Kujo. Of course. Uh, I shot a couple of video. videos for him. The last one that you did, okay. And the one for the baby or the freestyle? No, the one that he did. Um, you did the baby one as well? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was a good one. But the, the one he just dropped recently, I'm trying to remember the damn name. What if I was cocky? What if I was cocky? Fuck, that fucking dope-ass fucking song right there, bro. Super simple music video. It was right after... So he was with me at another video shoot, and he was like, Yeah, let's go film that. And I was like, pay me. <laughs> and we negotiated whatever bullshit price Cujo pays, and I took him to the spot. I took him to two spots, and I chose that one because I haven't burned it out. I mean, I fucking filmed so many videos. Right. There's only so many fucking places I could film before right. it's, I need you to take me somewhere I've never been type shit. So yeah. I took him to the nice little view and it went well for him, I guess. Uh, the reason why I like that video, and I know a lot of guys are going to get upset what I'm about to say. Uh -huh. okay? And I know you shot tons of these type of videos. Mm -hmm. They always incorporate the same elements. Cars uh, and bitches? Cars. A uh, girl twerking in slow motion. Don't hate. Um, guys blowing weed at the camera. Mandatory. Uh, red cup while or a Hennessy bottle. Should have been blue and should have been tequila. Right. So my thing is this: Can you do a video without no asses? No. Can you do a video without no lowriders? Okay, hold on. Can you do a video without no weed? 
Okay, now, when I saw that video well, with Cujo, I truly appreciated it. Because that was, to me, that was straight, something like some raw, boom bap shit. That's exactly why we were able to get away with it, because that's exactly what the fuck it was. We didn't film anywhere else. We filmed three takes. That video, I think we stood there talking shit to each other about nothing longer than it took for me to film that video. And I edited that video fast as fuck, too. Like, maybe two hours, maybe. Uh-huh. Simple. That shit was dope, though. I'm Boom not back. You know what? Uh, I'm going to share with you that I always share with my boy, John. Simple sales. And it was simple and it was dope, man. Mm -hmm. It was dope. And I love the fucking song. As soon as that song came on, he started rapping. The first couple of bars got me hooked. Got me hooked, man. He By the way, good. I don't know if you know this, but that's my son. I know his real dad. Well. You adopted him? No. Hey, speaking of which, that motherfucker has some bills he's got to pay. What's up, pops? I'm not his dad. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm but, just kidding. He's good. <laughs> anyway. Cool job. Uh, cool. To be honest, filming these videos, look, as far as the girl, that's a fail-safe move. That's my signature move. A bitch twerk. Sorry if you're right. a girl watching this. Ice Cube told me it's okay to call you guys bitches, so I run with what right. the boss says. So, um, Ice Cube fucking told me. Okay, so yeah, bitches fucking twerking in the video. Uh -huh. That's a fail-safe move right there. If I don't have anything else to show... In your video, that's cool. But right. I show a girl twerking, who's going to argue with that? You may not appreciate it per se from an artistic standpoint, but from a consumer standpoint, easy peasy. I get it. I you get could it. get a million views off of a bitch twerking as the thumbnail. That's facts. I'd rather see it in person than in a video. I can invite you to a video shoot. You could finesse your way in if you can with the girl or whatever, but... She's definitely going to shake her shit for you. I promise you that. Mandatory. Hey, let me ask you a weird-ass question, okay? Shoot it. Say if a dude tells you, hey, homie, I'm going to have a bunch of twerkers, but they ain't women. Mm, what are they, then? I, I got men in the video. You going to shoot it? That'd be rough. That'd be bad. Why? That'd be rough. I don't know, man. You got to get some close-ups, homie. I got a zoom lens. <laughs> I don't know if I would do that. If I got fucking, um, if I got, uh, you know what I mean? If I got worked on that, like I just arrived and all of us, like, hey, we're going to have all kinds of people twerking. I'm like, sure. And I show up and there's just all kinds of guys. Right. I don't know how I would react and I'm not homophobic or anything, but that's rough. Yeah, it is rough. It is rough. So what now, would you, what would you do? Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. First of all, I'm the interviewer. I don't answer those kind of questions. Help <laughs> me. So, but, um, yeah, see, I can get away with that. I ain't even mad at it. I'm not even going to push the issue. Let's go. Oh, shit. But now. <laughs> he got nervous. He's dropping the beer and shit. No, I didn't. We know what Tony's going through right now. Fuck it. Go on. Okay. Now, what videos can you tell me or let the public know? Because you are the video guy. Mm -hmm. So, I'm asking these video questions. Um, some of the videos, if you can give me your best five that you, you could say, that was my shit right there. I know you probably don't want to name some of them because you don't want to hurt the artist's feelings. But from a uh, director, videographer standpoint, what would you say? This was my best. I got some dope <laughs> shots of this. My. Hmm. It's an old, old video. I'm only going to say one. It's an old, old video. And when I did it, there were no drone shots in existence yet. No one was flying fucking drones. It wasn't a thing yet. It's called uh, L.A. State of Mind by Sabata the Ghost. I'm very proud of that video to this day. It's old as dirt. Probably wasn't as bad as the leather pants sagger dude shit that they did for you. But right. 
pretty good, man. Uh, L.A. State of Mind by Zapata the Ghost. That shit. That shit went. Dope, dope. I like that one a lot. Now, I got a question. I'll put you on the spot right here. Let's go. Do you like Chicano rap? Uh, what's your definition of Chicano rap? No, 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 no. Just answer the question, brother. Do you like Chicano rap? I know it's easy to bounce it back to me. I'm a lot smarter than that, brother. Do you like Chicano rap? Name one Chicano rapper. Here we go. Hey, everybody. As an example. I I'm putting him on the spot, and he doesn't want to answer it, so... No, I'm going to answer it. I just want to... I just... Land Beast is watching. Land Beast? Oh. Shout out to motherfucking Land Beast. Those are my bros. You know what I'm talking about. So, do you mean fucking pre-2014 Chicano rap, or do you mean like... Just in general. The golden era of chicano rap i do not listen to i just got done telling you i didn't even know who the fuck toker was and he might very well be besides a couple other individuals that try to claim the fame one of the godfathers of chicano rap you know what i'm saying i would say tokes is the godfather of gangster chicano rap okay. for sure but um i didn't listen to frost i mean who didn't hear like this is for la raza per se right. but i mean i didn't listen to mellow man ace I listened to Be Real a little bit. I mean, because that, right. that was some. That's not Chicano rap, or is it? No, no, I don't consider that. Definitely. Why? To me, that's hip hop. Why though? Well, you feel where I'm coming from now. Mm -hmm. Why? But that's different. You're talking about La Raza. You're talking about Cypress Hill. That's two totally different genres. That's but is it though? Is it just because they went mainstream and they had different beat selection? I wouldn't even say mainstream. One thing that they did with their first album, they didn't want to show their faces because they didn't want to throw the public off. If they would have showed their faces, people would have probably said, or I'm not going to buy it because they're Chicanos. So I get the strategy of not, them not showing their face. But now let's just say Chicano rap within the last 10 years. 10 years still might be too too far back for the lyrical content. Okay, because I like the way you're dodging the question. You keep throwing the ball back at me. But I'm I not. I'm just keep... saying a... a era of it okay how about this when i started rapping I, I fuck with some of the rappers that i came up with a young drummer boy okay uh an individual named guzzle from san diego went hard the campaign shit was fucking wild yeah um shit like that you know what i mean people that could really rap pretty much if you can't really rap then i mean whatever okay it is what it is so how do you like the state of music today in general as far as hip-hop It's really fucking hard to answer that question in a kosher way, but I mean, it's all fucked up. And I say that from an industry insider's perspective because, I mean, like, Cujo. A lot of people think Cujo is ultra talented, but is he going to break? Is he going to break through the ceiling to even get into any type of situation where he's on? Like we see some of these people that are right. on, you know what I mean? Um, shit, Frost fucking barely made it on in his heyday, and it was way less saturated then, you know what I mean? Right. Who else? Fucking King Little G. He's very, very successful for sure. I think he's living a great life and whatnot, but um, is he on the radio like that? He's been interviewed by the radio. He's on the website, but is he on the fucking station getting burned out? Like, you're getting drilled with his fucking song like everyone else, you know what I mean? Now, let me ask you a question on that one. Let's just say King Little G, for an example. Mm -hmm. He's on the radio. They interviewed him on the radio, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But they don't play his stuff. If you can answer that, why do you think? I don't fucking know. I don't know the exact politics behind that. Is it because his record runner didn't fucking kiss the right ass to, or grease the right hand or whatever the case? I have no idea. But I, I personally think he has more than enough money to 
buy a spot on the radio station. Yeah. So I don't think it's money. I'm right. sure he would have fucking done that if that was the case. I have no idea. Like right. even Young Drummer, for instance, that fool, he just did the fucking uh, Alley Leakers freestyle. Or I don't know what fucking freestyle. Right. Or was it uh, the one with DJ Head? I forget what it's called. I think it's 92.3. I'm fucking... I don't really pay attention to mainstream shit, but right. some of my friends are involved in it, so I, I glance, whatever, right? So um, I don't know why he's not on the radio. All these gentlemen that I'm mentioning right now have more than enough money to fucking payola in, and they're not g even getting that chance, I don't think. Right. For the people that may not know what payola is. It's paying to fucking play, isn't it? Like, yeah, no, flat exactly. Out? I just wanted yeah. you to elaborate a little bit more on that, because this generation doesn't know. Really it's like the hustle and flow where the bitch goes up to the thing and she either breaks them off or she sucks them off. Yeah. That's fucking payola in, in a nutshell, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have no idea why. And at that point, if if we know that they have the money and they could grease them, and that's illegal, but I mean, it still fucking happens, right? So it's been happening since James Brown, Since bro. forever, right? So um, I have no idea. I'm sure they're going to meeting program directors and going from station to station and fucking eating chicken wings and big-ass roundtable meetings, everyone listening to the song, bobbing their heads like they give a fuck, and then right. do your drops, you kick rocks, and then... And then what? You know what I mean? Okay. Do you think uh, Cujo has uh, good skills? I think Cujo can really, really rap, but he needs to make songs, songs for the radio to play. Because okay. the radio doesn't play fucking boom bap right now. And if they do, the only person that's even slightly close to that fucking scenario is Kendrick Lamar. Is That's the most hip-hop they've gotten. Uh, maybe J. Cole, but even J. Cole's making songs, songs. You know what right. I mean? Okay, and I'm glad you said that because I know that like Puffy, when he produced uh, Biggie, Biggie wanted to do some hip hop, but he said, "Now nah, you got to give me like Juicy, you got to give me this, took him to the radio. Song, and songs. I, and I understand that. Okay. Mm -hmm. But now, you have guys today, like, at least in my opinion, that can't rap. Like who? Like Blueface. Uh, yeah, he can't rap, but I, I don't know. I don't really listen to his music. But not, but Especially now. now. But now, let me ask you. Why do you think? I'm not saying why you know, but why do you think he's on the radio? Uh, marketability. If they could sell your package, they're going to fucking put you out there. And if they cannot package you right or they don't know what to do with your package, it's like anything. You know what I'm saying? Okay. okay. Now, for those that may not know what you mean by package. I mean your looks, your songs, your fucking genre of what the fuck you're talking about. Like your demographic of who it's going to reach. I mean, there's people... So I hear a lot of stupid shit about Blueface. You know what I mean? I don't really play into it because I got more important things to worry about. But yeah. him doing the whole fucking uh, trying to flip the flip the Mexican culture bullshit. and all that shit. Yeah. We as rappers and older people that are more hip to game with what's actually taking place, where we don't agree with that, right? Of course, it is what the fuck it is. No one's going out of the way to go whack him. As a matter of fact, I saw a video of him today. His baby's mama's Mexican and she broke his window. So shout out to homegirl for trying to get her, get a little piece for us, right? So fucking, um, with that being said, um, there's so many people that actually fuck with it, fuck with his music. And right. I, I don't, I mean, I don't give a fuck, really. It's right. not going to ruin my day if I hear you blumping blue face. I'm just going to give you a weird glance like, right. Ooh, but, right. What about the people that were in his video that think it was totally cool? I know, know what I'm saying. Or the there was some homies. There was actual rapper homies that were in the YG video with the mariachi shit. What was that? Go Loco? Is yeah. that what that was? Yeah. And I mean, some of those people, you know what I'm saying, have very heavy opinions on certain things. And they were there. And I know. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't really give a fuck. 
I understand. That doesn't bother me at all, but at the same time, it bothers me a little bit that... I don't even want to burn this. I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. But what? Okay, I edited a video today, and it was for a homie. There's nothing but black girls twerking in the video. Heavily twerking. Okay. So we'll see how that plays out. But it also wasn't racially fucking driven. We're not talking about... um. I don't want to sound racist, you know what I'm saying? But we're not talking about fucking chicken wings or some shit like that, you know? Of course. I mean? so, of course. That was wild or what? No, Alex just giggles. He has the back That's a meme? The giggles. That's a meme? Yeah, always. The black community is going to make a meme about me talking about no. chicken wings? Anyway, don't pay, do not pay attention to that man. It's a lie. To the man behind, behind the curtain. They're only picking on old people anyways, right? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole different other show right there, bro. But you know what? <sighs> I will say that right now the streets are getting heated and I'm expecting some of these known name rappers to start speaking up. Someone it's just spoke up on it in a cool way in a video. The video is on Land Beast and it's uh, the homie named Duende. Have you ever heard of Duende? Duende's been here. Duende's my homie. Oh, well, fucking Duende just dropped a cool ass video talking yeah. some tight shit. Right, right. That was tight. Yeah. Matter of fact, Duende will be back and we're going to be covering a lot of the subject. Mm -hmm. Um. But it's very hard to touch on that subject because most people, sad to say, the la the first time he was here, and we just spoke on songs. Uh, that one song, Uno, Dos, Tres, Cuatro, that bullshit, okay? I don't even know what fucking song that is. Well, people know who, people on the live chat know. Uh, and then that. Who sang it? I, 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 I don't know. Who? I don't know. Who? Who the fuck is that? Okay, exactly. But it has millions of views or some shit? Hold on, bro. Okay. So, anyways. Um, that song was pretty, was, it's pretty big. And, um, that, uh, Go Loco bullshit song. Damn, you want to know what I just realized? We're giving them a lot of publicity. And I know, but I'm even going to go give it a view just to see what the fuck we're talking about. No. It's fucked up. What I'm saying is this, that when Duende was here and we talked about those songs. Now, we never said that we disliked those individuals. Mm -hmm. We just didn't like those songs. We're, we're not going to support those songs. When we posted up that video... Uh, guess what? We were racist. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's almost like you can't say anything because you're a racist. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, bro. You know, I felt wild saying that shit a couple of seconds ago. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, uh, practice my constitutional rights to freedom of speech. Whoa, you know, what are you I'm, gonna say? It's all and I'm gonna just shit. no. I'm, I'm just gonna say that I'm gonna speak on certain situations. You know what I'm saying? If it bothers me, it bothers me. It doesn't mean that you hate or dislike certain person, I'm just not going to support that song. And I believe exactly. that, that that song is wrong. So mm -hmm. that's all I'm saying. So um, because, look, the I have a lot of black friends. And it's, all of my friends... It seems like it's racist when we say that too. Yes. I got a black friend. I know. But all my friends that are listening, they know me. I got love for them. They got love for me. And they understand Mm -hmm. They know it. What do they say about this shit? Like, hi, seeing them. Like, what do they... Well, I, I've had them here, and they've said that that shit's wrong. I've had them here, and they've told me that. What's you know? wrong? Uh, what they're doing, th those those songs, they consider it a mockery. So... I thought it was more of like a leverage play, knowing that the demographic of Latinos in LA fucking are the number one consumers. So I thought it was more like a play to come play type shit. You know okay. what I'm saying? But if, if it is from a negative... If it's from a bad place and they're still doing it, then they need to get that work. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Now, you just said right now, uh, maybe they're trying to play to the Latino community. Yeah, they're trying to cater to it. Supposedly. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you a question and we'll end it with this. Yeah. 
say I'm a rapper, Chicano rapper, okay? uh-huh. and I tell you, hey, bro, I want to cater to the black community. How do I do it? What would you tell me? I just had that conversation. Fill me in. It's going to sound racist, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to know what? I'm going to tell you the exact conversation because I don't think the homie's going to do it. And homie, if you're watching this, I'm not going to say who you are. But um, they said, how do we make a song like they're making a song? Carnesada, go loco. I said, do fucking chicken and waffles. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting my chicken. I'm getting these waffles. It's and you, bread. And you just might eat that. I'm sipping this syrup. It's like I'm at Roscoe's. That was the hook I told him to say. If you were going to use that hook, fool. They know I gave it to you now, Dick. But yeah, pay this man. But I mean, is that racist though? Chicken and waffles. Chicken is money. Bread is money. I'm getting this chicken. I'm eating my waffles. I'm sipping this syrup. It's like I'm at Roscoe's. Have a black girl fucking getting syrup the fuck down. You know what I'm saying? Syrup all over her, shaking syrup, syrup, syrup. You know what I'm saying? Is that racist though? I'm talking about getting bread. And sipping syrup, that's fucking casual, right? Everyone sips syrup. That's the way they would take it. That is racist. But isn't that the exact same thing? The exact same thing. But guess what? It's not like we're not going to be wearing fucking their cultural outfits. I don't know what they're called. Right. But, I mean, we're not going to be wearing whatever cultural shit. Like, we're not going to... We're not going to wear their version of mariachi outfits and fucking sombrero. You know what I mean? Whatever their version is of it. Right. And I don't mean that in disrespect. Well, you know... And you brought up a great point, but it's like because us Latinos for years have remained zipped that now that we're speaking out. It's too wild now. It's going to turn into some next level shit. Yeah. But whatever. They're pretty much saying, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you guys talking now? You know, so anyways, we'll touch on that when Dwayne gets here. And uh, for me with that, I'm just going to say that maybe before. It wasn't an independent man's game the way it is today, the way we could just monetize and go fucking crazy with this shit. Yeah. So maybe back then when the homies were a little bit more on and maybe they would have seen some weird shit that they shouldn't have seen or they're taking things the wrong way or whatever, whatever we're perceiving it as, we had to kind of just buckle down and take it because they were in a more powerful position. Mm-hmm. But now we are aware of what the demo is, what the stats are, what we're capable of, and now we got bread. It's kind of hard to stop a fucking machine that's moving, you know what I'm saying? And we are a hip-hop's economy. so Yeah, 100%. That's 100%. what I mean by the demo, the demographic. Yes. So we'll leave it at that. I want to tell you thank you for coming, bro. I got you. Honestly. It's fucking Alex's fault that I didn't come the first time. And then Cujo told me that you... Cujo told me what you may have said to him, and I was like, oh, that's fucked up. And that's when I hit you immediately. I was like, You're like, let's do it. Fuck this coronavirus. I'm a big-time conspiracy guy, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, you saw me walking with my mask and my gloves. My gloves are right there. Yeah, yeah. This guy walked in with a trash bag over his head. Can you believe that? But That's anyways. fucked up. No. Okay, you say you're a big conspiracy guy. You want to talk a little bit about that before we get out of here? Come what? on, share, share. UFOs, aliens, you've been abducted, forced into a weight loss program, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> that was a fucking cheap-ass shot right there, baby. I, I, I'm just playing. Don't worry, I'm going to read off one of these comments out loud. Um... <laughs> Hey, real quick before we talk about that shit was funny. In the comments they said during the break you were working out and I was eating tacos. That was not true. He was hitting push-ups and I was right there counting on eating the tacos. Every rep he did, I ate a taco. 
But um, yeah, fucking um, tacos. You see it, but fucking um, long story short, fucking um, conspiracy theories. You know what? I don't even want to. Five G, five G and coronavirus do not mix. Coronavirus. I don't know what your fucking take on this is. I hope you haven't said that it is together. There's a gazillion countries. Every fucking country in the world, except for like remote islands, have coronavirus allegedly, right? Right. Only six countries have five G. There's that. That one's dead. Okay. Uh, UFOs, I think they exist. I hope I've never been abducted. I've never found anything weird. My butt's never felt weird when I wake up. You know what I'm saying? I think I'm all right. Never? Never. Okay. Thank the good Lord. Maybe unless I eat something spicy, but that wasn't when I woke up. You know what I'm saying? That was part of the bowl of chili that you had the night before. <laughs> so what else? UFOs exist. Ghosts exist. I don't know. What else? What's another good one? Bigfoot. You believe in Bigfoot? Maybe. I... I uh, I think that's like some dinosaurs type shit. If Bigfoot exists, like in Big Bear, mm-hmm. he would have got smoked already by some fucking white dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, Are you a Donald Trump supporter? No, but... Oh, this is a crazy conspiracy, dog. <laughs> have you heard of Pizzagate? No. But oh, I heard, my fucking I heard dog. a Red West pizza. But go ahead. Dog. Fuck, I hope they don't come get me for this. Nah. <laughs> Brando, you listen to this, Brando? Go ahead. Fuck it. All right, Pizzagate. Allegedly, it's um, all the... F- no, I'm straight. I got to go film after this. All the fucking elite people, not all, but like... Did you hear Oprah Winfrey allegedly got arrested and her house was raided at the beginning of the fucking corona outbreak? Yes. Tom Hanks was fucking allegedly fucking COVID positive. Fucking the prime minister, all these people are part of Pizzagate. And when it's called Pizzagate, because in Hillary Clinton's emails that got fucking deleted and this and that, there's a lot of talk about fucking pizza. Hey, let's uh, hang out and get some pizza for an hour. And when they say pizza, they're allegedly talking about children, young children. I heard that. There's something that's going to go crazy, man. Don't think I'm wild, okay? I don't even blaze it like that no more to be talking about this kind of shit. Inside of your fucking penile gland, when a child gets fucking scared shitless, they produce a chromosome called adrenochrome. And that allegedly is the founder youth for these weirdos. So Jeffrey Epstein is not dead. You know what I'm saying? And uh, with that being said, he's part of it because Jeffrey Epstein was fucking super whacked or taken out because he had something to do with going to the private island there's kids there yeah. it's a known fact his ledger fucking has bill clinton going there like every week all kinds of crazy shit every every everyone bill gates ron jeremy ron jeremy wasn't fucking no little kids he's fucking bad bitches boy and if anyways i don't even want to go there That's no, go, go 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 <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah it has a lot to do with fucking sodomizing children and that's fucked up that's the wildest one that I've heard. Know, Pizza Gate. There's a meme. That's where I was going with this. Donald Trump is allegedly going to be the savior and save the kids because he's the one going against everyone. There's a meme of him running away. I'm going to send it to you. It's hilarious. It's a meme of Donald Trump holding kids and they're crying and he's running away with them looking back, wincing. And above him is like Hillary Clinton looking like an evil witch and shit. That's fucking tight. <laughs> now, I, I know you said you're not a Donald Trump supporter. I'm a host of that. We're all good. Is there things that he does that you agree with? I mean, he shot all kinds of mean? people, the fucking stimulus package. I know. That's that's your poppy, homegirl. That's your poppy. You, I don't file taxes, hey, but I did to get it. You yeah, know exactly. Saying? Even these girls that Non-fires. don't get no um, uh, stimulus package from your baby daddy, Donald Trump shot you a check. So... 
But now, I mean, I don't really give a fuck about Donald Trump. He's a very strange individual. Yeah, he is. Um, he talks some crazy shit during his fucking interviews, which I kind of find entertaining. He's more, I don't necessarily agree with him, but I find him entertaining. How about that? Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you he tweets while he's taking a shit. I guarantee you. That's fucking tired. I talk a lot of shit. From would you the film shit him doing that? I would film him doing that. I've been to jail, so. Would you wear a mask? I would most definitely wear a mask. That fool's surrounded by fucking COVID positive individuals and he doesn't have it. Remember, the Simpsons said he dies from it, so. Right. Coming soon. <laughs> Anything I didn't ask you? Um, How my day was. It was all right. Were you an Obama supporter? Honestly, I'm not really into politics like that. And I don't mean that as in, like, did That's I support Obama? That's a good Obama? way to dodge your question. I like that about you. I don't really give a fuck about Obama. I mean, he was the first black president. More power to him. You know what I mean? Great for him. Great for the black community. I don't give a fuck. That'll work. That'll work. I don't make enough money for their decisions to affect me. And if I do make enough money, I don't document it like that. So we're good. You know what I'm saying? Do you want to be rich? I feel like I'm rich and I feel like I've made it already. Awesome. Yeah, that's an awesome answer, honestly. Because to me, I'm blessed. And when you were talking about that children shit, I'm gonna tell you something. It was really bothering me, and I'm gonna tell you why it was bothering me. Because I have three grandbabies. So when I think about that, mother, I will gut a motherfucker, homie. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm I saying? I have a small baby as well. So when I think about that, it's like, mm -mm, homie, that's not cool. A, a helpless individual, and these motherfuckers over here sipping on fucking. Baby blood or whatever the fuck they're doing, sodomizing them or whatever. Nah, homie. But we're good. I want to tell you thank you for coming through, brother. Any shout outs you want to give? You know, you can shout out the whole Latino community. Whatever uh, you want to do. Let's go down Take your time. List. Go down the list. You fools are going to cry if I don't say your name. Um, <laughs> Latin Beast. Shout out to motherfucking Latin Beast. My dogs, my homies. They fuck with me. They pay me for my services, even though we're fucking friends. Shout out to Lamb Beast. It's a great platform. Some people like it. Some people don't. I don't give a fuck. I got a lot of videos on there. So shout out to Lamb Beast. Shout out to my man Smoke Major. Shout out to Kill Woods. Shout out to Conejo. Shout out to Swifty Blue. Shout out to fucking Compton Thress. You like that? Shout out to Misfit. Shout out to Alex. Shout out to you. Shout out to the entire Brownside family. Shout out to everyone that supports me. Shout out to my clients. Shout out to my haters. Shout out to my shout out. Shout out to my wife, because if I don't shout her out, she's going to definitely talk shit. Um, shout out to the homies from Mob G. My motherfucking homies, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Jay Bless and his manager, G. You know what it is. Shout out to Drummer Boy. He's probably too Hollywood to watch this, but don't say it and shout you out, fag. You know what I'm saying? You're the homie. Um, uh, I don't know. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to the people in the comments. Pizza Hut? No, not Pizza Hut. Dominoes, and if we're gonna get real technical, shakies. Um, shout out to the treadmill. I don't got a treadmill. I got an elliptical, and it's getting dusty. I don't use it. Um, and that's what it is, man. You know what the fuck it is? LA icon right here, live with my man Tony A, the motherfucking wizard. We here. I came. I saw, and I'm gonna go film a video right now. So fuck dope. you. Sick. Dope, dope. I asked your wife why she married you, and she said his charm. Boy, I got charisma like a motherfucker. I didn't catfish you. I was fucking as buff as Tony when I pulled your ass. Yeah, she catfished him live on Rhodium Radio. Okay. Um, but other than that, let me go ahead and give my shout outs real quick. Uh, John motherfucking Elkins. What up? John motherfucking Elkins came out with his anal bleach. Okay. He's got his own dating website. He's got his women toe nail polish. 
Uh, he's got his own scented wax. Who, who has this? Uh, John motherfucking Elkins. John. John motherfucking Elkins.com. John motherfucking Elkins.com. And um, uh, what was the last thing you, you, you got, John? Piece of uh, was not due for Oh, yeah. He also waxes men. So if you want to get waxed, uh, go ahead and um, hit him up with John motherfucking Elkins. <laughs> <laughs> and he will wax you. But... So, yeah, other than that, the the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My boy John is big in the Turkish prison. He actually works out to the oldies. So, if you email him an oldie, he will work out to it and send you the video. Okay? Uh, Believe me, you won't be disappointed. So, uh, my boy DG, DG Media Clips, once again, happy birthday to him. He just turned 30 in uh, May. And uh, my boy Alex, Alex Cervantes, my brother, is selling. Uh, uh, Spice dick smuggler. Dick yeah, he's selling dick Whoa. pumps. Selling dick pumps right now. If you're in quarantine and you need a dick pump, go ahead and get oh, one. They're fuck. not used. They're refurbished. So, um, yeah, they're not used. So, um, get a hand spice smuggler. Other than that, uh, let me go ahead and thank myself for a quick moment as we have a moment of silence. And uh, let me go ahead and give a shout out to OG Magoo and to my boy Pablito and to LA Icon. But there is no one else like LA Icon. Shout out to Doughboy. I gotta shout you out for my boy. Doughboy. I know Pablito. Pablito. So, other than that, Wednesday, I'm gonna have uh, one, two, three. Was it three guests? Three guests. Okay. Wednesday, stay tuned. Okay. Night out. Merry Christmas. That's Merry Christmas? Later. Yes. Shout out to Spanky. That'll, that'll work. Night out dolls coming soon for that ass. You like that shit, Alex? <laughs>